This is Jack Pollock, also known as that indie wrestler who fell through a ring. You're listening to Dark Match Podcast. I don't really know why, but I guess go ahead. You're now listening to the Dark Match Podcast. Let's go live into the studio for this week's episode. after this weekend how about we start about how we're in a new venue again this week we keep on switching up venues i'm not complaining last week we were on the comfort of your couch this week we're on the comfort of my couch and my basement with uh with the indians game on again (laughs) you see but we don't have my playstation view where we can be doing dual view of that in smackdown but I have no idea how to even do that. I don't even know if I have that feature at all on my TV. No, that's because you have AT&T and you suck. Well, I only have AT&T for a few more days because I, I did cancel them. I'm not going to have cable in a few days. I'm, I'm done with it. I, I've, I've given up and I, I've decided that I'd rather just not have cable. I'm telling you, man, get a PlayStation, PlayStation View. If I did, I would go back and get suckered into the old ways of playing multiple different games i can't even remember exactly what games were i actually know that girl that's the sad part which one uh, the one in the uh the navy the uh the yeah one the, the one that was in the middle i know, I know her oh no shit yeah I, f- I thought they all looked speaking kind of, of speaking of you know how last week we were watching uh monday night raw yeah and i i noticed the two emts you weren't the only one i noticed on yeah. twitter <laughs> yeah so there there were a couple of different people that uh, pointed out uh one bachelor benjamin boone and uh, tim horner jr but sunday night at uh at SummerSlam, there was a rare appearance from a previous guest of ours who was a security guard for goldberg so big uh shout out to gersinder singh who has uh asked for his release from impact wrestling granted it and now he is working as a personal bodyguard for goldberg so congratulations Going out to Gersinder Singh, but where where do we even start? I, I I I guess we could start with SummerSlam. We could start with NXT Takeover. We can go into Ring of Honor Summer Supercard. We can talk about IWC Caged Fury. The list goes on and on. There's multiple different things think, that we can I touch on. I think we can. We should probably just keep the E events together, and then we can talk about all of our other uh, other promotions together. Just so then. If people don't want to listen to one or the other, then I like it. You're going to, everyone's going to listen to everything. Yes. Well, I mean, this is kind of like the radio, but just no one listens. But That's very true. Very true. Very true. I, yeah, I, I appreciate everyone that listens, but I guess we could start off on Saturday night. Just kind of kicking things off. Let, let's touch on NXT first and foremost. It was a fun way that I spent my Saturday night. Dude, that was a great event. That was a fantastic event. I had to rewatch it, both events, when I got home. Uh, I was unfortunately working and i decided because i knew where i was going to be not a whole lot of work was going to be done because um th- there were two events that i wanted to watch but at the same point i still had to work i still had to look like as if i was working so i actually took my son's ipad with <laughs> with me to uh to work and like i have a uh, little like pull out drawer like where right in front of where i'm standing and like all my equipment's like up on top of it, so it's kind of like a, a toolbox in a sense. 
and you pull out the drawer, I had the iPad on one side streaming IWC Cage Fury, <laughs> and then I had my my iPhone streaming NXT TakeOver. And How did I had you get any work. Done? How did you get anything done, dude? All I do is push play. Like, let, let's face it. So, like, I, I literally, like, I, I had a playlist going. Isn't that I, a song? Yes, I had a playlist going. No, just push play. Just push play. I'm sure. Maybe I don't know who the artist is, but I'm sure there's a song called Just Push Play. And <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I've got, I've got ADD. I, 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 <laughs> shiny things, shiny things. Clevenger's on the mound. I can't, squirrel, I don't squirrel, but. IWC was fantastic. You got the iPad. Uh, my phone got uh, NXT TakeOver. And I had one ear in. Uh, it sounds ridiculous. I, I had two pairs of head. I, I technically had three pairs of headsets. I had one pair of headsets in one ear with IWC Cage Fury. I had the other ear with NXT TakeOver, and then I had my big headphones on that was the music that I was playing. So I really, I don't know how I got anything accomplished. I got I got a fantastic review, fantastic tip for the night, so I'm not complaining. There you but go. NXT TakeOver, once again, steals the weekend for overall shows on the E product, yep. I guess you could say. So starting things off with obviously the street profits versus the undisputed era I, I'm, I'm getting sick of the, this talk of draped in gold draped in gold and you have the street profits up on smackdown and you have them on raw but you still have the titles on them why not take the titles off them because you obviously want to push them up to the main roster i think there's going to be i think there's going to be a point i, I think there is but who like, are they going to pull- there's going to be a point that there's you know who I think they could have a fun, but it's got to. You got to get somebody back from his. Uh, I want to say probably DUI troubles because you haven't seen the Usos in a, what feel like forever. They were on like last week. Dude, it was, the last week and a half has been a very long for me. All right. Okay. Yeah, they were on. They were on last week. Okay. Well, honestly, I think catch up, bro. Dude, I've had my own issues. All right. I, I know you've had a lot of issues, but. They, they were on last week, so okay. Well, thank well, thank you. For but that. that would be a fantastic match. No, to see. I think I think Usos Street Profits. I think could build a a nice little rivalry. I, I think that would be a fantastic match to see, especially with the aerial. Uh, oh man, that was pretty sick on the TV there, Squirrel. Squirrel. But uh, with the aerial, with the aerial moves of one Montez Ford, um, I think that would be fantastic to see, and. Just be a high fly match, but then you add and in Angelo just, Dawkins as well, and even just like their personality, like yes. their, the personality of the team, I think could go up great against you know you have you have the street profits and you know they're they're always trying to party out with the crowd and their solo cups, and then you get the Usos with their Uso penitentiary. I think that could be a fun back and forth for a while. It could be. There, there's a couple different teams on the main roster. I like to see them go up against, but. Obviously, Street Profits walking away with the victory in that one and one hell of a match at that. Uh, one thing I want to touch on, you text me and you're like, hey, look, it's bro. Bro. Oh, my God. <laughs> so it wasn't even – then it gets destroyed, takes out a security guard at the same point. But I digress. Let's move yeah. on from there to I think what I personally feel 
was one of the matches of the evening, and that being Io Shirai versus one Candice LeRae, which yes. was a phenomenal match. I, I'll be, I agree with, oh, I forget which one of them brought it up, but I am all for this dark version Io Shirai. I love it. Oh, it's fantastic. But that's the thing, though. They're going to pull her up to the main roster. She's going to be this huge star. And guess what? Because she's Japanese and she doesn't speak English very good, she's going to get shat on like Kyrie Sane and Asuka, who were dominant in NXT, and now they can't even beat anybody on the main roster. Yeah, but here's the thing. is I think this, this darker character, I think, is one that could easily get over in a sense even staying heel i think could get over up on the main roster let's hope so but that match was was outstanding that was great that was such a good match and it was good to finally give candice LeRae her opportunity on takeover to really show the world who is unaware of who candice LeRae is other than johnny gargano's got johnny gargano's wife the fact yeah she has got a shit ton of talent yes let her shine Yes, give her that platform. She she's going to steal the show, and she absolutely did. And Twitter was a buzzing over it as well. Moving on from there to the fatal, uh, I'm, I'm saying fatal four way, but it was a three way match between Velveteen Dream, Roderick Strong, Pete Dunne. Fantastic match as that well. That was great. That, that was great. Uh, love the chemistry between Pete Dunne and Roderick Strong. And the ability for Velveteen Dream, I, I kind of compare him to a chameleon. He could really take other individuals' styles and mi- mix it in and intermingle it with his own and make it something to watch. I loved that chemistry that all three of them had and, and definitely fight forever. It, it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I, I don't know if I have much to add there. I'm very curious to see if slash when Velveteen comes up because I think he could make it. I think NXT is showing that they could just be their own thing. That th- it's not like, oh, you're going to go here and then you go up to like to the main roster. That you could be here and be just fine and prove yourself. That I think those, yeah, those three just just go fight, go fight another like three more events. Yeah, you don't need to come up and then it, it, we'll we'll get to the big talking point here in a second. But then there was the match between Mia Yim and Shayna Baszler. Now, this has been a topic on previous episodes with Shayna Baszler. Are you all for this run? Are you th- are you on board with its run its course? Put the title on someone else. I think put a title on someone else. I've never been a huge fan of Shayna Baszler anyway, but I think it was nice to f- I I see what they were trying to do with the story. And I guess it was nice to finally see that Shayna could win one on her own. Because yes, the last few events Last few title defenses, yeah, she's needed help. Yes. That it was nice to finally, you know what? Mia Yim took out, took out her entourage. And Santana, Bye. three days in a row. Three days in a row with a home run. Squirrel! Squirrel. That Mia Yim can, you know, took them out. That Shayna can do it on her own. I don't know. I don't know where they go from here. Um, Mia Yim is extremely talented. I think she, you have a lot of talent in on that women's roster in NXT. I think it. I think it's time to move Shayna Baszler on. I, I just don't know how. If you take the title off of her, do you move her up? Because I just don't know if there's a, like right now any way to weave her into any like storyline up top, kind of a thing. Yeah. Unless you try to put her up against Bailey, maybe you have her start running SmackDown or something. I I think they want to see what they can do with 
the essentially the four horsewomen of MMA. But the biggest issue that they're running into is there's really no women's stables or like a fe- like a group that could tie together that could really give them a run for their money. And what I think they're trying to build for personally is I think that they're trying to build towards the first ever women's war games match. That's what I'm thinking. And I think that that's why they want to keep the title on her just because they want that focus to be on a women's war games to where it is the three, essentially the three horse women of NXT. And you, you bring in like Candice LeRae, you bring in Mia Yim, you bring in, um, I mean, you could even have Casey and the list goes, I, I mean, I, I could list off all the talent in the women's division that okay, they have. They're zero. stacked. Casey Canzaro, yeah. is that who you're yeah. blanking on? No, I was just blanking on a few other names, oh. but now you're putting me on the spot and making me sound like an asshole. But good for you, Dave. You're but we're we're going to move on to the main event then. But I, I don't disagree with you, but I, I also agree with you at the same point. I, I think it is an opportunity for you to put the title on someone else, see what they can do. But at the same point, I, I like what they're doing with Shayna. I, I don't think she's fantastic on the mic. She's gotten a lot better. From when we first started this podcast, yeah, she's got a lot better on the mic. But look, like it's run and dry. It's like when you put a microphone, like when Daniel Bryan first came back, and he he's not a face; he's a fantastic heel on the mic. When you let him talk, when you let him speak his mind, when he doesn't sound cookie cutter, like. Kevin Owens does when he tries to be a face well, character. Let's be honest. Anyone besides John Cena, who sound, actually sounds like really good as a typical face? Uh, the Miz is really good on the mic. Miz is good on the mic. Okay, Miz is good on the mic, period. Yes. yes. But you take most other people, when you make them a heel, everyone says they're a lot more comfortable. They can then say whatever the hell they want. When you're a face, you have to really watch what you say, and that's when it gets more difficult. And a Um, lot of them have complained about that, just in general. Big E, Xavier Woods. Kofi, not so much, but you put a microphone in Xavier Woods or Big E's hand. As faces and as heels, they're they're going to get your attention. They're going to get you pumped. They're going to make you understand and get behind. Okay, fine. What are we at? Four, four and a half if we count Kofi, if we... I mean, if I really put a lot of thought into it, I mean, we we probably could get better. But we're Adam Cole too. Adam Cole's always been good on the mic. He's always been a good talker. Uh, Johnny Gargano, not so much. Not a big talker, but he backs it up in the ring. Yeah, that's all you really need to do. Yeah, that's all you need to do. Nice segue. Thank you so much, Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole. Two out of three falls. What a third fall! That's we're gonna skip forward because yeah, first of all ends in disqualification. Yeah, which is which is funny. The first yeah, the first one, what? Adam Cole picks the stipulation of just a straight up wrestling match. Ends in disqualification when Johnny Gargano decides to smack him, you know, hit him with a chair. After they Adam Cole wanted to hit him with a chair, refs tells him, You're gonna get disqualified. Johnny Gargano picks up the chair, says you're gonna get disqualified. He just says Screw it. Fuck it. Fuck it. Hits, I'm gonna hit you. He's gonna hit I'm gonna hit you with a chair. Oh, I lost the I lost the fall. Whoop de doo. When's the second fall? But what I'm very what I am very surprised. What I am very surprised is that you did not see the undisputed era yeah, at all. You didn't. They, they didn't need to be there. No, I understand that, but I thought that was still going to kind of. I thought maybe you'd still see them, and especially in that second fall. Eh, I, I was thinking the same thing, but I, I think they wanted to kind of play off the fact of the defeats earlier in the evening 
and they want to show Adam Cole as being the leader of Undisputed Era. He doesn't need the help. He's going to show them how it's done. Here's three out of the four that have seen seen defeat yeah. so far tonight. So that's that's going to be something I want to bring up here at the end. But yes, that third fall. Okay, the third fall inside of the steel cage, surrounded by weapons and barbed wire and bats, kendo sticks. Yeah, you wanted to skip right that, so lean into it, buddy. Oh no, like that that fall, that stipulation. You just see the cage come down, and you're just thinking to yourself in the crowd and watching it on TV. You're just looking at it like, what okay, a steel cage, and then, and then it keeps on going down. It's like, what the hell is on the? Holy shit balls. Yeah. And it's like you see like the look on Adam Cole's face like, "Oh my god, what have we gotten ourselves into?" And you see more like the look on Gargano like, "Awesome." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it was it was it was it, it was crazy all the things that they put up there. When he opened up the bag, I was expecting the bag to be filled with thumbtacks. Oh, yeah, you you would expect it. Yeah. But he, you open it up, it's got brass knuckles. I was surprised that the brass knuckles didn't come into play. I'm surprised, too. Yeah, that, that you saw the brass out, knuckles. Yeah, that what came out were the fucking, like, tin snips. And I'm, and they were like, oh, it's pliers. And they started talking about Triple H ripping out the nose ring. I'm like, guys, do you not understand tools? Yeah. Basic tools? Yeah. And then he starts climbing. It's like, oh, uh, it's like, of course he's going for the barbed wire. Yeah, which I was, I was looking more forward to seeing that incorporated. I liked the finish. I thought it was great. Uh, I liked that they kept the title on Adam Cole. I didn't want to see, and it sounds horrible for me to say, I didn't want to see them so quickly push the title back onto Johnny just because it, it you you have Johnny Gargano who unfortunately with every single title that he's held in NXT, he's never defended it. He's always won it. And then he loses it at the next pay-per-view. Oh, so he's it, like Sasha Banks. Mostly. He is, pretty much, yeah. He's like the he's like the male version of Sasha Banks in that regard. So he's, he's a triple crown champion, but he's never successfully defended any of his titles. So correct me if I'm wrong. If I am, if even, I am wrong, even shoot me a title? message. Even tag title? I don't think they up? did. No, they lost it to uh, they, um, the Authors of Pain. So And then he lost the... Uh, North American champion to Velveteen Dream, who still holds the title. Yep. And he lost the NXT championship to Adam Cole. Yeah. So Adam Cole comes out with the victory. Great, great, great match. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, yeah. But let's move on to another event, which is kind of the topic of tonight. And that, of course, being IWC Caged Fury. I cannot stress enough. Another fantastic event. I am extremely 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 upset that we missed this one if there was one we should have went to it should have been this one yeah but we both i, had, I couldn't get out of work had, yeah we both had stuff going on but yeah man, i couldn't just, get out of work like just going through the results and i remember i texted you oh i just watching it too holy shit yeah, balls in, in a, and, i'm not talking about you know who because i'm sick and tired of you calling me out on twitter messaging this person he scares the living shit out of me which and guy? you, t- I'm not saying his name because you know I stutter every single time I say it. <laughs> so I'm not going to do it. He calls oh, me was- Porky Pig because I can't say his name. That's true. And then you've had to put out the goddamn gif earlier today. You're welcome. You're a piece of shit. Love you. Yeah, he's not coming on the show. Fuck your creative control. Oh, he's going to come on the show. Yeah, he's going to probably no. I think we, shop the no, shit. No, I think we're going to have to drive out there again and just make you have to sit in front of him while we interview. Don't him. you threaten me with a good time? I'm going to. 
Oh my but god! Yeah, if I we, can't. But if we quickly go through like some of the results from this event, which, by the way, I told you, I told you, I told you, he wasn't going to defend his title. What are you talking about? He definitely defended his title. No, he, RC did not defend his title. Yes, he did. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. He found he found his way out. He no. found a way to get out of it. How? Canadian rules? Yes. Follow the rules, bro. There are no rules. No offense. Um, Johnny Gargano lost the first fall because he couldn't follow the rules. Andrew Palace lost the only fall because he couldn't follow the rules. I want to. Case wanna... in point, RC Dupree is still the IWC high stakes champion, and you need to shut your mouth and you need to give no me can- no. three O Canadas nope. in defense of it. What is this, a fucking rosary? It is. Blow it me. is. O Canada, blow, my friend. Blow me. Oh, you were so disrespectful, no, my friend. The one, the one I really want to talk about. What? Get hit me with it, my friend. The women's title match. Oh my God, Justin Labar with the absolute switch of the century convinces Katie Arquette to attack her opponent earlier in the night, thinking, "Oh, I'm just gonna have the night off." No, then he issues a fucking open challenge without Katie's consent, without Katie's knowledge. Without her okay, it is the Arquette entourage, and Labar goes fucking off kilter like he's goddamn Heath Ledger or some shit in the Dark Knight, and just improvises, which he did win an Oscar for, so touche for that, but I don't think Justin Labar is going to win a freaking Oscar. He's going to win a freaking Razzie for that shit. I mean, come on. And then you get Ray Lynn back, which congratulations to Ray Lynn, by the way. Congratulations on the return and congratulations on the victory. It is well-deserved. But not against Katie Arquette! Yeah, not against our queen of the silver screen. Yes! Katie Arquette. But you still killed Rock again! No! I did not. Yes, you did. I did not. It's the queen of the silver screen, Katie Arquette. Yeah, but you didn't say I'm, that. I'm really. so upset. I'm so upset. I'm, 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 I'm heartbroken. I, the Arquette entourage is over. I think but, we're going to have to get a hold of Katie but, and ask him. But, what? but, 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 there's a lot of buts. There's a lot of buts in this. And one of the but in his butt head is one Calvin Couture and Justin Labar for turning their back on Katie. But here's the thing that you need to think. The queen of the silver screen, Katie Arquette, does not travel alone. There is more to the entourage than just you two, and you're just going to have to wait and see. And I'm excited, excited for what happens next. But a few additional matches we have to talk about because we we have a big guest today. We got a fantastic guest who is currently texting me right now, probably thinking like, oh, we forgot all about him. No, we didn't. He's sitting on hold right now, but he's got some fantastic hold music, by the way. A little thunderstruck right now. But we got Wardlow versus Josh Alexander cage match. For the IWC Super Indie Championship, Josh Alexander walking away with the victory. But what a hell of a battle from top to bottom, start to finish, bell to bell. Those two fight forever. That was utterly fantastic. You can honestly say Wardlow never actually quit. He did not. No. He did not quit. Josh Alexander is the new IWC Super Indie Champion. Yeah. And it... Begs the question at this point, who is coming after that IWC Super Indie Championship next? I want to know who's going to step to the plate. That's my big question, and that's my big takeaway. Is Wardlow going to ask for a rematch? Is he going to move on to getting back his IWC Heavyweight Championship? Or what's going to happen here? Yeah. I'm excited to see what's going to happen, but 
another huge, huge update was the return uh, of a certain individual. The major announcement that was going to change the landscape of IWC forever after three and a half years away. We are going nuts. Let's go nuts, my friend. Jimmy Nuts returns to the ring. And what is he doing? What is he doing at high stakes? He is fighting Dylan Bostick, my friend. Dylan Bostick, Jimmy Nuts, high stakes, Wheeling, West Virginia. Absolutely excited for it. Can't wait for that. Another big match announced for IWC high stakes in Wheeling, West Virginia is for the IWC Heavyweight Championship because it is still the era of Argos. God damn it. As Jackson Argos successfully, successfully defended his championship against one big league, John McChesney, and walked away with the victory. But, but the talk of the evening was not his victory, which shame on all of you fans, shame on all of you social media followers, shame on every single one of you. Because what did everyone talk about? They didn't talk about the fact that Jackson Argos defended his championship. He didn't defend it or, oh, R.C. Dupree saw more action in that match than his own match. Oh, shut up, you mooks. You talked about the return of Jack Pollock, which I'm going to clap too. Hell of a return. Great return. Congratulations on coming back. But time and a place, my friend. Time and a place. I know. I think you made the perfect time and place to I, say it's mine. I digress. It's I my, digress. It's, it's my time. I digress. It's my time. We'll, we'll see what happens because he is going up against one individual at high stakes by the name of Gory, which moving on. Great segue. Great segue. Segway. Segway. The culmination versus Gory and one Johnny Patch, which go figure. You got Johnny Patch who pulled off the move of the century. Yeah. The move of the century with a coast-to-coast shooting star taken out right... Oh, my God. The video itself grabbed... I th- The last time I checked, 77,000 views. And that was Sunday night, the last time that I checked. I haven't even checked the number yet. I'm yeah. going to have to check it here in a second before we have a particular individual on our show. But that match in itself, utterly fantastic. And I'm excited to see what happens with Johnny Patch and also Gory if he's going to come out of Wheeling, West Virginia. Take out the hometown boy for the IWC Heavyweight Championship. The answer is no, by the way. But let's move into our interview because we got an exciting interview here. Hell yeah, we do. I am pumped for this. I've been waiting. I know all of you have been waiting as well. I don't want to take another second away. So let's jump right into our interview right now. We have a very special guest on. And he is a rising star in IWC. And can, can we say shooting star? Shooting star. Wow! <laughs> yes! Yes! A shooting star in I like IWC. It. I like it too. I like it too. You've seen him in multiple different gifts. You've seen him in multiple different videos. You've seen him all across social media. And just this past weekend, even gained some huge notoriety. Even a reply from one Will Offspray. Yes, you heard that correct. I'm not stuttering. I'm not misquoting. No, Will Offspray literally replied back to a particular moment in that cage match on Saturday night 
with a reply of, uh, fuck off. It was the greatest compliment I've ever received in my life. <laughs> like, you could just put that on your head, like your headstone, like, like international superstar, like, like viral <laughs> sensation. Will Ospreay told me to fuck off. Like, that's all I need. Like, oh man, it, it's so wild because he is like my Mount Everest of wrestling. Uh, huge influence. It's uh, at least I know he knows I exist now. It, he absolutely does. And that's what I, I want to kind of touch on because we're obviously going to get to who your influences are, who you look up to. Oh, I was just going to lead off. He already brought up part of his Mount Everest. I figure he might as well find out who else is there. Yeah, let's let's do that. Let, let's go a little off kilter here. Who is your Mount Everest? Well, we'll do it in a two-part. Wait, hold on. Did we actually complete finish introducing No, it? no, no, no. You're right. We are all over the place. Squirrel <laughs> right here. We have none other than the American daredevil, Johnny Patch, ladies and gentlemen, making his international. Yes, this isn't just national. We have listeners in Australia. We have listeners in England. We have listeners in India. We have listeners in Scotland, of all places. We even have one listener who, he's not from there, but he's on vacation there right now, and he's probably listening to this right now in Iceland. So we're still international. We have none other than Johnny Patch once again, making his, I I don't even understand, he's making his first ever podcast appearance and he's doing it on the dark match podcast on dark match podcast on dark match podcast oh my gosh johnny how are you doing my friend oh i'm doing great thanks for having me this is uh this is pretty exciting i'm uh i'm pumped up for this i was uh, gonna say this is a dream come true <laughs> <laughs> it's like johnny you're making me blush he's, See, he's speechless, speechless. <laughs> oh, this is uh it's definitely surreal because uh, I was I actually listened to your guys' podcast a good bit, and then uh, you guys reached out. You wanted me on. I'm like, oh hell yeah! Like, I'm I'm uh, stoked. I'm pumped. Let's do this. Well, let's get started. I I don't want to wait any longer. But it, you premised a question. Dave made a good point here. Dave, I do have to ask. Is my breath like funky right now? No, you're good. Okay, good. Thank you. So. I have two questions. So this is a two-parter. We're going to start a little off-kilter today. So my first question is you had mentioned your Mount Everest. So I'm going to ask you your Mount Everest of greatest professional wrestlers of all time. And then I'm going to ask the second part of your Mount Everest of influences on your wrestling career. So whichever way you want to start. You just would, that be a, would that be a Mount Rushmore? Mount Everest. No, you, you no. I, I fucked it up. Didn't yeah, I? you did. I absolutely did. <laughs> Great job. <laughs> hey, well, it, I mean, in the rest of the was, industry, there was... are botches all the time, but that is a botch among botches right there. Great job. That's a botchomania right there. All right. So let, let's yes. go back with, uh, let's go back to the Superdome, my friends. And uh, <laughs> let, let, let's talk about the Mount Rushmore uh, of wrestling in influences and your Mount Rushmore of greatest wrestlers of all time all right perfect uh greatest wrestlers of all time number one it's got to be flair uh the dude's on another level that few will ever reach uh number two mick foley he he was the first person like to make it like uh no you're not gonna make it well he made it uh number three hogan 
and then number four, Stone Cold. It's a solid list. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can agree with that. Okay, well, let, let, before we get into his influences, Dave, I'm going to hit you with the same question. I kind of want to know yours. I'm going to put you I, on the spot right now. See, I can, I can, I can agree Wait. with, I can agree with most of that. Like, I can agree with like Foley because he was almost like the average guy. Yes, but if you know me, somewhere you got to squeeze in the rock. Well, yes. Like he's just, he is just, you know, I, I, I can't explain it. He's he's great on the mic. He's He's just got he's got that flair for I, I, I can't I can't explain it. Yeah, I it's thought you I thought you were gonna say Rocky Manavia, uh <laughs> The Rock, uh Dwayne <laughs> Johnson, and Hobbs from Fast and Furious. Shut up, That's what I thought your mom no, was for. No, was we're gonna, gonna no, we're gonna take out Rocky Maivia and we're gonna put in Moana. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wanna make a substitution. I'm gonna trade out Hogan for Dusty. That's a good one. I, I will give you that one. Uh my Mount Rushmore. I, I would have to agree with with one, Ric Flair. Um, second, I would have to go with Jake the Snake Roberts. Oh. And I go back to this all the time. There's only one person that can ever pull off a promo where he literally just moves his lips and doesn't say anything and then literally whispers into the camera, you see, I don't even have to say anything to get you to sit on the edge of your seat. And literally, that was the promo. <laughs> he, he was he, wrestling psychology to a T. He no one could top him. Obviously, personal demons cut him short, but he knows the wrestling industry inside and out. He had one of the best minds for wrestling, and I, I think he's extremely undervalued. Love Jake the Snake growing up. He, he's definitely on my Mount Rushmore. Uh, number three, uh, I'm gonna have to go with Greg the Hammer Valentine. Oh. And then number four, ooh, I'm like a toss-up between like three of them right now. I'm going to have to go, I'm going to have to go with Stone Cold. I was between, and I'll tell you who I was between. I was between Stone Cold, uh-huh. I was between Undertaker, uh-huh. and that's true. And I was between and Chris Jericho. You know who's another one I none of us have brought up? Who's that? Macho Man. Macho Man was good. I wasn't a big Macho Man fan, though. No, but no, but just same thing. His yeah. promos were, were fantastic, and he did put on some fantastic matches, though. He did, but I, I would also, and I'm also surprised that there was an honorable mention here. If there was an honorable like in the gift shop of Mount Rushmore, um, absolutely, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Oh, I was just that. about to say that. If you didn't, I agree. Yeah. So Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's another one, but. Who is on your Mount Rushmore of your influences? Okay, so two of these are going to be, like, together. The, uh, RVD and Jeff Hardy are together because uh, growing up, that's what made me fall in love with wrestling. Uh, RVD's athleticism, his ingenuity, his creativity, and just how he could, uh, like, contort his body in certain ways, just, like, blew my mind and then jeff hardy that charismatic enigma that oh oh my god his match against undertaker i remember uh his ladder match that's oh yeah that is what really sealed the deal and cemented it's like okay i'm doing this oh i mean i was like seven or eight when that happened but eh, you know uh number two together uh I fell out of wrestling like through high school off and on. It was like 09 to 
yeah, it was like oh nine to like two thousand twelve. I really didn't uh, get back into it until like uh, senior year high school. But uh, I fell in love like right around the cruiserweight classic with uh, DIY Champa and Gargano, and uh, that's my next pick with DIY. And like I'm still following that storyline today. I remember just being on the edge of my seat, the storytelling, like it was just incredible. Like, Oh my God. <laughs> Sorry. But, uh, number three, Osprey. Absolutely. His, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's top three best professional wrestlers in the world today. And then number four, I have another pair. I'm kind of <laughs> cheating on this one. This is bad, but I, I can't pick just, uh, like a couple, uh, Jack Evans, Eddie Hart. Those two changed what it meant to be a high flyer. Those two uh, revolutionized it and were definitely huge influences on me. That's a hell of a Mount Rushmore to have. And a couple uh, two-headed sto- uh, two swords. <laughs> so that, that's, a, that's a very uh, very busy mountain, to say the least. And, but some great names at that too, and so you you fell out of wrestling for a little bit, like like most of us did. But uh, when you said like you got back into it around your your senior year in high school, around the Cruiserweight Classic, I'm gonna be honest with you, that was not the time frame that I was expecting. So, <laughs> like when, when <laughs> you said Cruiserweight Classic, I'm like, oh geez, like senior year of high school, holy shit. Like world. I think the classic happened uh, I think the year after like what was it 2015 2016 okay I, I was uh two years out of high school then okay yeah um we were yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like but we weren't 30 yet we could say that yeah least. we weren't 30 yet I was I was pretty damn close I was on the back nine but <laughs> I, I was almost 30 at that point. Uh, I'll be 30. Oh, fuck. I'll be 32 this year. Hell yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm the oldest of uh, our group of friends. But a couple steps back, uh, before you got to your Mount Rushmore, before uh, you found the greatest wrestlers uh, of your generation and in your opinion, I I want to know a little bit more about Johnny Patch, more than your shoot name from your uh, wonderful voicemail. (laughs) (laughs) Like nothing's worse than finding out someone's shoot name. Like it just absolutely okay. just it's like oh like but you know Fabe is yeah, dead. But but you know what? We're getting into the human story. So you We are. are. It is, but I I do like his 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 shoot name. It, it's I was like, gonna, wait, no, I'm not gonna tell anybody it. I'm not <laughs> like yeah, I'm gonna post his phone number too. Like if you wanna yeah. do another interview, here you go. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> so Yes, it's it's 8675309. <laughs> Funny story, sidetrack squirrels. <laughs> you ever get those calls from the IRS like, "Hey, we have a uh, we have a warrant out for your arrest," and you call up and you give them your social. They ask for your social. I always tell them 8675309. Nice. Yeah, sidetrack squirrel. Sure. So, where are you from, Johnny? All right, a uh, little south of Pittsburgh, about 45-minute drive. Uh, right around the College of uh, California, University of Pennsylvania. Oh, so too far away from uh, – I thought it was funny when you asked, like, hey, do you want to meet up to do this interview? I was like, uh, <laughs> does he know we're from Cleveland? 
was, yeah, I was I was unaware. That's a uh, three and a half hour trip for me. Uh, it'd be worth it. I mean, we could be sitting on the couch right now. I'm watching uh, Shane McMahon paused on my uh, on my screen right now. We had to turn off the Indians game because that was just that was depressing. So, oh man. Yeah, we're, we're not going to talk about that. That's that's a topic for a different podcast. Maybe an ordinary ordinary yeah, average uh, podcast. Yeah, but. So you grew up in the Pittsburgh area. Was your upbringing like focused around wrestling, or was it something you just kind of stumbled into over time? Uh, like as young as I could remember, I've always been attached to wrestling. Like I was always watching it, reading about it, learning about it. Always begging my parents to uh, get the pay per views. Uh, and as I grow grew older. And my friends started phasing out of it. It's like I started growing more and more attached. Other than falling out of it a little bit in high school, I mean, I still kept tracks on it, but I still always had a love for it and appreciation for it. And I remember always telling people, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to become a professional wrestler one day. And my friends would always make fun of me, like, no, like, that ain't going to happen. And I would always, like, tell them like no i'm really going to become a professional wrestler and i'm going to do stuff that nobody's ever done before and they would laugh at me and i mean i can understand why we we're 13 14 years old but uh yeah it's uh it's always been a, a love a passion and now it's nothing but an obsession my life revolves around it i'm always learning reading writing watching doing everything and anything I can to just continue to be better. Yeah. And that's the mentality that you have to have, especially when you have your friends so young, like telling you that you're not going to do this. That's kind of your, your, I guess you could say your tackling fuel as one. Would say. <laughs> yeah. Tackling fuel. I, I do. I did have a couple friends that uh, when I bring it up, they always supported me and uh, they know who they are. And uh, I still keep in contact with them today and they're all, they're, they're right behind me. They're, they're just as stoked about it as I am. Did, did you send them your, your video that's had like 140,000 views? Uh, that's been retweeted <laughs> like a thousand times. Like, hey, um, I'm the first person to ever complete this move successfully in a wrestling ring in professional wrestling <laughs> history. But no big freaking deal, man. No, it, it's funny because I, I did send that to them. And they're like, wow, man, that's pretty cool. But uh, they don't really follow wrestling, and they sure as hell don't follow indie wrestling. So they seen that, but like growing up, they knew I could do that type of stuff all my life. And they're like, wow, you finally did it. About time. And it's like, oh, my God, you have no idea, dude. And uh, definitely underplayed it. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I get it. Yeah, it's like telling like someone, like, dude, I, I hit like four home runs in one game. Like, okay, cool. I hear about home runs all the time. Like, and I've seen you do it, like, at the batting cage. <laughs> like, yeah, they, they don't know the big deal it was and the, the absolute uproar it was going to cause across social media the second that the news broke that someone actually completed and successfully. And, and no offense, that guy that, like, called you out, like, saying, oh, it, it was good, but, like, it wasn't a shooting star. Like, he, it was a good botch, though. Fuck that dude. If you listen to my show, fuck you. You're a piece of shit. You have no idea what you're Yeah. <laughs> I I uh I tend to stay away from the negativity. I did have a little bit uh 
a little bit of people like that, but I choose not to even give them the attention they're wanting. I always try and uh, look past that. I always try and uh, bring out the people that are showing positive vibes because there's no need to have that kind of negative energy around, especially when something like this happened. Like this is up to like this point, this is the biggest thing that's ever happened in my career. And I did not expect like the gravity of this to just like blow up how it did because this has just been a a mind-blowing weekend uh i can't believe like i can't even believe i'm here talking to you guys about it it's uh this is definitely a surreal experience for me like has it truly hit as of yet like what actually happened or is it still like are you still at that point Uh, trying to grasp the the overall experience in itself uh like about an hour after it happened like i'm th- i'm just sitting in the back like oh my god this is nuts like i can't believe i just did that and then social media started going on and it started blowing up and then i'm like freaking out about it and then uh a few rather respected names in this industry reached out and uh talked to me for like 20 35 minutes about it i'm not going to name drop but uh whenever they reached out and talked to me that's like when it really set in like hey i'm i'm on to something right here i've i've been noticed people know this johnny no name from uh pittsburgh indie wrestling like they know who i am now and that that's when it really set in and then immediately after that uh very humbling experience whenever we finished communicating and talking it was such a surreal that i'm still kind of on a high right now because i'm still getting like a lot of social media attention from it but this is uh i can't compare it to anything else i've ever done yeah and i i as i had mentioned in our in our show opening i i was uh I had my iPad watching IWC Cage Fury on one. I had my cell phone watching the WWE NXT TakeOver Toronto. And when you <laughs> went up, and mind you, I'm not going to tell you exactly where I'm at. I'm going to save it for the end. So in one year, I have IWC. In the other year, I have NXT. Over both years, I have huge headphones. Oh man! Oh, yeah. And just loving life. Oh yeah, loving life. Getting paid to watch wrestling. So I have like the iPad. I have my phone inside of like my little desk area. And you hit this shooting star press. I literally oh. mark out. It wasn't a press. Uh, through analysis, it was a uh, shooting star coast to coast because a press is where i would land on your flat like a splash yeah very true so i stand corrected the shooting star coast to coast i mark out now mind you i'm at a wedding reception what yes i was working at a wedding reception (laughs) i was djing the wedding and that's why i couldn't be at cage fury because i couldn't get out of the wedding so i'm like Fuck it. If I'm not going to be able to go, I'm not missing it. So I'm just going to watch it. 
So I'm DJing a wedding while watching NXT TakeOver and IWC Cage Fury. You oh my God. shooting star coast to coast. And I <laughs> literally like mark out at this wedding reception. And people are just Dude, looking that's at me. insane. Like people are just looking at me like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? <laughs> you listening to some good stuff up there. Oh yeah. Like I was probably playing like I was probably playing like Rick James, like Super Freak or something. They're like, he really fucking likes this song. <laughs> like, who knows? But so you, you hit this move, everyone's going uh, is absolutely blowing up. And, and that's your your later. We're we're talking about the now. But how did you get your start? When you finally look at your friends, you're 13, 14 years old, you make this comment, you know what? I'm going to be a professional wrestler. And and nothing's going to stop me. You fall out of wrestling. You get back into it roughly around the time of the the Cruiserweight Classic. You you fall back in love with it. And you decide, you know. DIY specifically. DIY and and Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, Psycho Killer, and Johnny Wrestling themselves bring you back into the wrestling world. What steps did you take to go from that 13-year-old kid that said, hey, this is going to be something I'm thinking about doing to, nope, you know what? I'm doing this. Let's let's get it going. What steps did you take to <laughs> finally make this dream of yours, the 13-year-old dream, the boyhood oh, yeah. dream, a reality? It's, uh, it's kind of a little bit funny because uh, I was at work one day and – just talking to some coworkers, I'm like, they they knew how much I love it. I'd always talk about it, and I'm like, I really want to do this, but I have no clue where to even start. Like, I googled wrestling schools, and I would get like uh, Seth Rollins School or Team 3D Academy. I'm like, okay, where are they where are they located? Oh, Connecticut. Oh, wow, Chicago. And I'm like, okay, where is around Pittsburgh? And uh, this dude I work with, he would go to these indie shows uh, just outside of Pittsburgh. And he's like, here's uh, the promoter's email. Why don't you email him and see if they have a school? So I emailed him and it turns out they don't have a school. So I'm like, okay, can you refer me to any of them in the area? And there's, uh, there's three schools around. And if he would have said, any of those other two schools, I would have probably been there. But he said, Iron City Wrestling Academy is a place to go. And I messaged uh, Justin Plummer. I'm like, can I try out? He's like, yep, this is your tryout date. So I went and here I am now. There was a lot in between from when I tried out to here I am now. But it was... Uh, uh, long story short, I talked to a promoter one time that pretty much set me up for this point in my life, and he has no idea. That's insane, because he could have sent any other school. And yeah, who knows uh, where I would have been there. Yeah, and who knows where the the uh, where Johnny Pats would be today if it wasn't for Iron City Wrestling Academy and everything that you got under that tutelage and a lot of our guests have even talked about the wrestling school and the trainers that are there and the mentality that amazing trainers amazing school amazing mentality but it's tough it's hot in the summer it's oh i i can't even imagine what it would be like in the winter because i i'm thinking back to like some of the gyms that i've been in that probably are, are just like this one where 
in the winter time, yeah, you're you're wearing like hoodies and like three pairs of shorts <laughs> yeah. to like keep warm. I, I have to ask, what was that like? Because your your friends see you do all this crazy this crazy stuff, flips, jumps, and they've experienced it for the longest time. What was that tryout like when you walked through those doors? Uh, first person I met was uh, Justin Plummer. He immediately wanted the tryout fee. Uh, I had to pay that before I even got to go into the facility, so paid him. I met my trainers right now, uh, Chris LaRusso, Andrew Palace, and they just went through a little thing like, okay, here's what we're going to do, and then we'll judge you on it. I had, oh my God, I remember I completed it all. And as soon as I hit that last rep, it was like an hour long. I hit that last rep, immediately rolled out of the ring, ran outside. I thought I was going to throw up. They, uh, they really pushed me in my limits and like, I'm dying outside. They come out. Well, kid, what do you think? I'm like, I love it. I need more of this. And they're like, all right. I stayed for uh, the rest of the practice. I watched them train. I ended up, uh, they're like, all right, we'll be in contact. They're like, this is your first day. Well, actually, we had ring crew. I had my tryout, and then, like, ring crew was, like, in a couple weeks. But our first practice wasn't until after ring crew. But that ring crew was Caged Fury 2017. And I couldn't go to it because I had <laughs> I had tickets to NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> so the first impressions these guys, my trainers have of me is, oh, so you're missing ring crew because you're going to watch wrestling in Brooklyn. Yes. And uh, hey, that should just I'm tell like, that you just love wrestling that much. Yes. <laughs> but and then my trainer's like well you didn't know about the event until about 30 seconds ago so i understand and i uh i definitely made up for it throughout that following year i oh my god i almost killed myself uh like mentally physically emotionally uh through that entire year i was tired for an entire year straight. Oh my God. I have a, I have a little story. Uh, so when I started training, I worked uh, study midnight shift. So on days that we have shows, there would be Saturday and I would always work Friday night into Saturday morning. So I would, okay, follow me on this one. All right. So I'd wake up two to 3 PM Friday afternoon, wake up, do my routine or whatnot, go to work at either, seven or 11, depending on where if I worked a 12 hour, or eight hour shift, I would get off work at 7am, go home, shower, shave, do whatever, and then drive down to Pittsburgh to pick up the truck. I would pick up the truck to load up the ring, drive it to wherever we were going. This is like once or twice a month, unload the ring, do the ring crew, build it, yada, yada show. Uh, by time shows over, it's uh, 11 o'clock. And by the time that show's over, I'm 36 
about uh, 30 hours in without sleep. So we tear down, uh, depending on where we, where we went, uh, we traveled everywhere, but for like Elizabeth shows, like uh, tear down, take it back to the facility. I would take the truck back to where I picked it up. And then I would drive from Pittsburgh to my house about 45 hour drive. And I'd usually like pull in my house around like uh, five to six o'clock in the morning, sometimes earlier, sometimes later. But uh, like every ring crew, I would go uh, 35 to the longest I ever went was 49 hours without sleep. Jesus, dear Lord. Johnny, I'll drink to that. More beer, more vodka, more whiskey, and more beer. <laughs> wow. It's, it's, uh, and dude, they used to rib me so bad because I remember sitting ringside just concentrating on this match. Like, there's a main event going on, and it's like a five star match, like the best, like it was match of the year, actually. And I'm sitting there ringside just fighting to stay up. I accidentally doze off. This fan to my left side snaps a picture of me and and then puts it on international wrestling cartels facebook and tags me in it and i'm only like five or six months into this i'm thinking i'm screwed plumber comes up he's like how was the how was the match uh it it was really good why he's like well it looks like you were sleeping through it and then walks away i'm like oh my dude i am done this is it i am over like (laughs) I don't. It ended up where they they found out that uh, I was working steady midnight shift, and I ended up like I was doing twenty four hours awake before the show even started, just to do. It. And they're like, "All right, we kind of understand." Yeah, like we we can sympathize with you. Don't don't do it again when the camera's rolling. But like, we, we get yeah. it. We get it. Yeah, I re- I remember uh, my trainer was like was that match not interesting enough for you? Could you do better? I'm like, and this is like after the show is done, I'm literally a zombie. I'm walking underwater. Like words are stuck behind my teeth. I'm just like, yeah, what? Like, I can't comprehend nothing. Oh, <laughs> it was oh like, my God. Johnny. Dude, it was, yeah, man. It was, uh, it was a rough year. Oh, worth every damn second though. I mean, I thought that you were like the American daredevil, Johnny Patch, because uh, of your high flying and risk taking. Like you driving home after thirty nine hours of no sleep—that's the shout out. Yeah, shout out to Rumble Strips for saving my life countless times. (laughs) Oh God, Johnny! Dude, I remember it was uh, winter. I had the windows down, music blasting. I'm screaming lyrics just just to get home. I remember like sleeping at rest stops and sleep. I had slept at the facility a couple times just because I couldn't I couldn't drive home. It was uh, it was very uh, it was mentally exhausting. Yeah, I find myself like listening to podcasts because I find myself like if I listen to music. Like, I know the song, so I can easily, like, tune it out. But if I listen to podcasts, oh, like, if I listen to podcasts, I'm, like, focusing on, like, every word. And then, like, every now and then, like, there's certain things, like, that catch your attention. Whereas if it's a song you've listened to, like, a million times. You can relax. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I can relax. Like, next thing you know, like, 
comfortably numb comes on by Pink Floyd. It's like, dude, I'm out. Like, <laughs> I'm out like Jack, like Zach Galifianakis in uh, what was that one movie with uh, with Robert Downey Jr. You probably haven't seen it because you don't. No, see oh, uh, you've seen that one? It's like really, really terrible. Yes, oh, it's so bad. Like he's got like glaucoma. Oh yeah, the layover. Due date. Due date. Due date. Yep. Yeah. God, that movie was terrible. That was so bad. It's like, oh. I have glaucoma. It's like, you, you brought marijuana onto an airplane? It's like, yeah, I have glaucoma. It's like, what? <laughs> oh, my God. God, yeah. that's so bad. And he wants to be an actor. Like, he changes his name to, uh, what was it? God. Um, oh, God. I have no clue. He, he, oh, it was like the worst last name ever. All I know but, like, his real last name was Chase. He's like, that sounds like more like an actor. He's like, no, I changed it because it doesn't sound like an actor. It's like, no, it sounds fucking stupid. Yeah, this doesn't say Tremblay. This is Ethan Chase. Oh, jeepers creepers. He's right. He's right. What do you mean he's right? Ethan Tremblay is my stage name. I'm an actor. Your stage name? Yeah. What is your real name? Ethan Chase. But he doesn't sound like an actor's name. Ethan Chase sounds like the name of an actor. Ethan Tremblay doesn't make any goddamn sense. It's confusing. It sounds like it was made up. Yeah, I made it up. Ethan, I know you made it up. It's your fucking stage name. Like, <laughs> like, it was such a bad movie. God, but awful. you've seen that one, but you haven't seen any of the classics that we talked about on other shows. We, we're going to move on, because people that have listened, uh, hey. I'm sure Johnny knows, because he listens to our show, and he's already going to call you on all the movies you haven't seen. That's probably true. <laughs> That's probably true. It is 100% true. I can almost guarantee it. I dabble. He, he dabbles a little bit in our show. Yeah, so, meaning there's probably a steel chair waiting for me, too. Yes, probably. <laughs> like our, our biggest takeaway right now is the fact that we didn't talk to Johnny Patch after IWC Threat Level Midnight. But let, let's face it, we we had a line and we had to cut it off because one particular individual made us realize, like, hey, the bar is closing in five minutes. Like, maybe we shouldn't talk to people right now because they've been <laughs> drinking. And here's the sober guy <laughs> from Cleveland, Ohio, that are going to be driving home the day before their son's first birthday party when they have, Oh, the wow. oh yeah. My son's birthday party. I, I pulled the Johnny patch, my friend. So, Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. So I worked the Friday night before threat level midnight. I didn't get home until four 30 in the morning. I had to be at work by eight. So I probably got maybe like an hour and 45 minutes of sleep. Maybe. Then I went to work, came home, had to clean up a little bit, drove three and a half hours to Pittsburgh. Let's be honest, I drove. Uh, David drove, but I, 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 I was, I was, I was in charge of the music. You were, yes, great playlist. Oh, by dude, the way. great job, great playlist. And I, we watched IWC Threat Level Midnight. We then went to the Carrigan for some fantastic food afterwards. Oh, my um, and, oh yeah, and multiple, multiple uh, interviews to follow. With, with some great people, uh, maybe not so great individual that uh, needs more hugs. Hi, Balk. Shut up, Dave. <laughs> oh, yo, no, I'm not touching that one with a with a 10-foot oh, pole, dude. I'm not dude. touching him either, but Pat can't form words with him. I can't even say his name. I have to have Dave say it. I, I stutter every single time I try to say his name. I'm terrified oh, of him. Like, I, well, I, yeah, he's like 73 feet tall. Yes. He is not a small person. 
No. And, and I thought I was like, I was like an average size person, I guess you could say. And then we met. And then, and then I big met, man business. I, I, met, I can't even say it. Then I'm already stuttering. <laughs> I'm stuttering right now and I haven't even said his name. I and, can't, and I can't then, tell yep, it. Yep. Then we met yes. Bulk Nasty and he is a, he is a towering figure. He, he's a very nice man. He is. He is what wrestling is supposed to be. He, he, I, I'm scared. I don't even want to say his name, but. Didn't even notice what time it really was. We were having a lot of fun with some of the interviews. We we talked to some great people, met some great people as well, and fans and also performers. Um, went inside to grab our last interview, um, only to then hear the bar yell, last call. We look at the clock. We're like, holy shit, we it's got 2 three, o'clock. We got three hours. We ago. got three hours back home, and I had to be up <laughs> at 7 to get things oh, started. For my son's party, I fell asleep for maybe 45 minutes in the car. I got to sleep till 2.45 in the afternoon. My yeah, friend. what a prick. Oh, yeah. What a prick. <laughs> so so I, I pulled a Johnny Patch that day, and uh, uh, my wife made me pay for it. Because I I, I, <laughs> I I probably would have, if I was in your shoes and someone would have asked me something like that, i had been like, bro, like, kick rocks. I'm like, go away. I'm too tired for this crap. Dude, you would have just weekend at Bernie's the whole day. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I pretty much did. Like, I every single time I found a chair, I just sat in it. I'm like, well, this chair looks comfy. Uh, <laughs> Patrick, that that's a rock. It's like it's very comfortable right now. So, moving back, let's bring it back in. Bring it back in. So, uh, you are, are starting off here. You you hit a little bit of a rough patch. You wind up on social media, but not the way that you recently <laughs> wound up. Rough on patch. Yeah, a rough patch. <laughs> That, that almost your name. Patch before getting to yeah, Patch. yeah. That, that was that how you got your name, uh, Johnny Patch? Uh, yeah, you hit a little bit of a rough patch there, bud, and it's like Johnny <laughs> Patch, Johnny Patch. My- there we go. How did you get your name? Let me ask that. I got it for my birthday. Oh, okay. Good call. <laughs> you hit this rough patch in your first year. No pun intended. This point. Well, we know that you got your name on your birthday, which is great. Happy birthday, by the way, whenever that may be. But Thank you. You, you hit a rough patch your first few months. Uh, you wind up on social media, not the way that you wanted to be. You wind up on IWC's Facebook page and accused of uh, of sleeping. It catches the yep. attention of the owner, which in retrospect is the only person that you're really trying to impress because that literally means like hey um i'm gonna book you for a match like who cares how many fans you have there if the promoter doesn't like you no offense you're not getting booked so and then there's some people that just create promotions because no one else will book them hey you know who we're talking about but uh, dave gets it dave gets it what was kind of the turning point of your career coming from working this steady midnight shift to then devoting your time to say, you know what? I want to be this household name within IWC. I want to be those people that, like ourselves, if you listen to our episode about IWC Threat Level Midnight, where we're sitting outside trying to get fresh air, we hear your entrance music. We're literally like, we need to go inside and we need to watch this match right now. <laughs> so what was kind of the turning point where you just kind of had that aha moment like, if I'm really going to make something of myself, I really need to do X, Y, and Z. I don't really know if there like was a turning point. I remember, I remember being at work one night 
and uh, my first ever professional wrestling match was announced. And after I seen who it was, my like my hands just went cold. I was in shock. Like I couldn't believe it. Like whenever I seen that, and I seen that like uh, plumber and my trainers are have that much faith in me or giving me this big of a shot that was I would say that was at the point where I turned it from 10 to 11.5 million like I just I turned it up tenfold I remember like it was just an awe-inspiring thing and it's today it still is like they gave me an opportunity and I ran with it. They gave me another opportunity and I ran with it each and every time they give me something, I take it and just try and blow it out of the water. Like even, uh, after, uh, before cage fury, one of my trainers texted me and he was like, steal the show kid. I'm like, no problem. And then he texted me uh, the next day after Kishiri. And he's like, not bad. I'm like, well, you told me to steal the show. And he was like, you did a lot more than that. <laughs> <laughs> I, get, I, I don't know. I guess I got off track on your question. I'm sorry. No, you, you didn't. But I, I know Dave's got a question because he, he's been chopping at the bit to ask. Well, for, for who was that match? That, that first match. That made you just go dumb. <laughs> oh man, uh, it was uh, DJ Z. Holy shit! My first ever professional wrestling match, and for them to trust you in that regard, to say, "Look, like, who knows how much longer we're gonna have him?" And like, just, yeah. Because honestly, like it, it, there was so many rumors going around for, and geez, I, I saw it on like social media for over a year, like at least like for a year that DJZ was going to be going to NXT, and who who knew when his last match was going to be? And they say, okay, well, Johnny Patch, DJZ, let's go. And, that wasn't his last match, no. No, no, no. no that's no. what I'm saying. But like they they never knew because like there was so long where those rumors oh, yeah. were floating around that. He was being scouted by NXT. He was being scouted by WWE. Who, who knew if he was going to go jump ship? Because there, there were so many times where his contract was coming due with uh, with Impact. And they, they, I mean, I was reading those reviews for the longest time. So, who, like, for them to trust you in a match with him at the caliber and also being the household name that he was, to put yeah to throw you into that type of situation kudos to you uh it definitely shows that you're a leg up from the sleeping guy at ringside yeah the, uh iwc uh justin Plummer, jenny Plummer, they've done more for me in my career than i can ever repay back and if you uh if you can actually check out that match i believe on the iwc network it's a new uh it's a new uh, network we just launched a couple months ago. It's fantastic. Check it out. It is fantastic, <laughs> by the way. Yeah, just don't ask Andrew Palace to tell you where to find it. Yes, don't. No. 
He has no idea. He has absolutely no idea where to find it. He, he, you are going to wind up on a watch website with watches that are more expensive than my house, uh, that are advertised by Tom Brady and Bradley Cooper. So don't listen to Andrew Palace because he's full of shit and he has no idea how to promote the own company that he works for. He's promoting a company that, like, the watches are something like Dylan Bostic probably uses as stocking <laughs> stuffers. Oh, man. Yeah. Hey, uh, I want to take a second and uh, talk about that match, that match of Cage Fury. It was, a, it was a tag team match. It was me and Gory versus Atticus and Remy. And if it wasn't for the other men in that match, I wouldn't have had that opportunity to show what I can do. I wouldn't have had that chance to hit that move. Those three men deserve just as much credit as I do. Cause I'm, I'm the rookie. I'm, uh, they're the vets. They're the experienced guys. They, uh, I definitely want to throw them out there for that. No. And they definitely deserve all the recognition as well, because uh, th- those are individuals that I-, I followed for quite some time and uh, from Gory to the culmination. And uh, even with with Atticus, it seems like he- he's kind of taking a whole different world with this. I- I- I'm seeing like a little bit of a character change personally. And I-, I love being in the ring with them. And, and I-, I-, I like it, too. And they're fantastic in the ring. And it's surprising that they haven't really gotten uh, – I'm not going to say that they haven't gotten notoriety because they're known in multiple different promotions, but they, they definitely deserve all the praise with all the work that they've done and taking these characters and making them what they are and the storytelling that they have from being a, a, a faction together to now bitter rivals to then throw you into the mix. I know that was definitely a shock at, at yeah. threat level midnight, they start Absolutely. Attacking, they start attacking Gory, and uh, yeah, the, like you could have had out of all the other individuals that were in the match, you, you had Gory, you had Atticus, but it, it was an opportunity for Ace Austin or yourself to really get involved, and they, they went with you, they ran with you, and I mean it it, it shows that it paid off, I guess. I mean, yeah, hundred. Hey, hey, you showed. Uh-huh. You showed that you can't. You, you deserve to be there. Oh, yeah. Don't tell yourself no. Yeah. They're, all, <laughs> hey, they're all great talent, but hey, you proved that you you are meant to be there. By the way, I do have to ask because we we did premise this uh, on a previous episode. Um, the the ricochet Adam Cole spot between yourself and Ace Austin during your your four way match at Threat Level Midnight. Yes, I remember very uh, vividly. It, it was probably from a different angle from what we saw. Probably a little yeah. upside down. Yeah, a little upside down um, and a little head on. I, I'm sorry, foot, foot on. on. Foot on. Um, but holy shit. Dude. God. <laughs> I, I saw it's, your body oh, shift midair. Like, you, sh- you should have felt it. Oh, my God. I didn't God. want to. I don't it, want to. It, we kind of felt it from sitting there. <gasps> yeah, we, we weren't that far away. And... Holy shit! That like I've never seen a human body shift that rapidly in midair. Just Ace Austin doesn't mess around. No, he doesn't hold back either. Apparently, 
That, that's a gorgeous the, picture. Oh, man, that dude is good. That dude is stupid good. Well, he, he'd be a lot better if he had a better driving partner. That's all I'm going to say. But I digress. So moving on from there. So he, he, the story for a different day. We're not going to give him all any right. more talking time on the show uh, about that certain individual. But so you, you found this notoriety. You've really moved up from where. And I, I, I you know what? We're going to take a step back because I do have to ask you uh, about this rivalry that you have with with one man dime it it seems like it's a love hate relationship where i think you just like to torment him and he just (laughs) utterly despises you but you like enjoy his his hatred i i like uh pushing his buttons he has such a short fuse and uh training together he was we both graduated together and uh he won rookie of the year i think there was collusion but i'm not going to go into that but anyway no, i remember won. training i remember training with him for an entire year and he would just get so upset that i would just be able to do everything he could just a little bit better and then he started getting really mad and he would get really pissed off at everything and i noticed this so every time something would go down, I would just kind of push his buttons, push his buttons, and just get him all riled up and pissed off. And, I mean, I guess that's kind of why he uh, gave me a nice black eye in our first match at uh, Pittsburgh Wrestling Classic and almost uh, dislocated my jaw at – what was that? Reloaded, I believe. Reloaded, oh. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he definitely got his uh, his payback, but um, I, I, it's just it's just too much fun not to mess with him. I love it. So I guess I guess you guys are right. I do love it. <laughs> <laughs> we had to ask because he he had some choice words to to say about you. In I know interview. the dude sucks. <laughs> What's that? I know the dude just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it quickly shifts. <laughs> the tide has changed at this point. You you love messing with them, but the dude sucks. So, and I I, I do have to applaud him because he, he is keeping the free of the world free of bees apparently, um, because he he didn't tap. He was killing a bee in the ring uh, oh. against Ty Dillinger oh. or, or one Sean Spears as he's also known. Or what the hell? did he? Oh my goodness! Yeah, he he was not tapping. There was a bee in the ring, and he is deathly allergic. So he was killing the bee before it killed him. But if it, if he's allergic, how could he touch the bee? I digress. <laughs> so back to Johnny Patch. I, and who apparently does moves uh, not man-dime style, but I guess you could say a, a quarter better than, than, <laughs> than Elijah Dean. But I, I love Elijah Dean. I love the man-dime. I, I love him. Former guest of our show, so... Got to have some love there, but I mean, if you do it better, I guess uh, a quarter better is still a little bit better than a dime better. So uh, you just love to torment him, but I I'm, I have to ask this because we, we started asking this and we've gotten some great replies from this. I need to know the best road story that you have. Now, we, we've had some great ones. Don't get me wrong. We, we've heard some fantastic road stories. We've heard some that involve... Uh, 
former WWE superstars. Uh, we've heard some involving some uh, some WWE Hall of Famers. Uh, but I, I need <laughs> the best road story that you have, whether it happened to you, it, it, you experienced it firsthand, or when you got to a show, oh, my God, you're wait, not going to believe wait, what the hell we, happened. Wait, are we already jumping down? No, this is not the rib story. This okay. is not the rib. This is the road story. All right. This is something completely different. Do you need another drink, my friend? <laughs> you need another uh, drink. I think I need to crack one open for this one, too. So here we go. We're going to kick back. Grab a cold one if you got one. <laughs> Grab grab a vodka uh, and water so and wine, but let let's let's hear it. Uh, I really don't have any like crazy or wild road stories. Uh, the first year of my uh, training, I spent barely alive driving the truck, so I really didn't get to have that kind of atmosphere. And then, like when I started wrestling around, uh. I don't know. There, nothing really wild and crazy has happened yet. I should say. Well, I I apologize. I'm a, that was very uh, anticlimactic. You guys build it up, and uh, I, I do I do apologize. Man, as Dave would say, it, it feels like he's watching a RC Dupree match, but he's a he's a mook. He doesn't defend it. Hey, man, dude, it's timing. He is one of the longest reigning high stakes champions of all time he has not been beaten for that thing yet thank you how thank much, you how thank much, you how much did how much did he pay you for that one he didn't have to pay uh, spe- speaking of that i did receive a couple dollars from one joey moses the lebanon dawn paid me to tell you guys to check out jacksonargos.com was it, was it okay? Was it in Monopoly money? I meant Canadian money. Uh, no, it was in uh, it was in check form. I got to see if it's gonna bounce or not, but I doubt it. And uh, I had to. Uh, there, I did it. There. Okay, we're good now. Okay, uh, I am a a wonderful, wonderful follower of One Jackson Argos and a loyal follower of JacksonArgos.com, and. I mean, I should make a commercial, and we should interrupt this interview right now to advertise for JacksonArgos.com. But here's the caveat. I'm going to hand you the script, and you are going to recite it as a punishment and also an apology for talking illy about one R.C. Dupree. And as an apology. Yes, and Johnny's behind me. You can tell. You can hear it in his voice. You're so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do have to give you a, a challenge. Obviously, I need a good road story. So whether it be putting on the Proclaimers uh, 500 miles 12 times on the way to IWC Threat Level Midnight just to aggravate your friend which horribly backfired because every single time we just sang it louder and louder and louder. Pat, you know I love that show. I, I do love that show. I hated, <laughs> I hated the ending. We're not getting into that. Okay. Well, uh, let's 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 jump off the rails here a little bit. Now, we all know that we all love professional wrestling, but at the same point, we do have other uh, other things that we enjoy as well. So, 
I, I do have to ask Johnny, what are some shows that you watch? Uh, actually, better question for you. All right, hit me. You're, you're sitting on your couch, and I and you, you flip on whether it be Hulu. You oh, flip. flip! I like that part. Flip, flip. You, you're very okay. good at that. Hey, a bunch of puns today. <laughs> <laughs> you turn on Hulu. You turn on Netflix. Your you favorite put, streaming service. Your favorite streaming service, other than the WWE <clears throat> Network or IWC Network. And- IWC Network is my favorite. Yes, but. If those options are not available, WWE Network or IWC Network, what are you turning on? Uh, like streaming network or like show wise? Show wise, Nitro Circus. Oh wow, yeah, that's uh, definitely did not see that one coming. <laughs> heavily, heavily influenced by Travis Pastrana. Love Travis Pastrana. He's good. He is good. Not a good match. He is no, not the all. American Daredevil. Him and Knievel are the American Daredevils. I think Pastrana now, is so undervalued, yeah. though. Well, yeah, because then he, tr- he ruined his career by trying to go drive NASCAR, and that just didn't work for him. But he, he's making millions doing Nitro Circus. Yeah. Just I think he has an entire island now. It's like Nitro Circus Island. Yes. Is it right next to the Fire Festival Island? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Jesus. Do you watch that documentary, by the way? Yes, I did. Holy I oh, my God. I watched both of them. I did, too. Oh, my God. What the fuck, man? <laughs> Where did we go wrong in life to not pick up corruption? Seriously. Jesus. I mean, we could have been stealing from these millennials, like, and then, like, living it up in prison. Like, <laughs> and here you are sitting on a couch playing with a Mickey Mouse toy that I don't even know what the hell it goes to. something to do with my hands, man. I, I, moving on. <laughs> I'm not editing right. shit. I need something to do with my hands. All right, so, what's so, and so besides Nitro I, I love Travis Pastrana. Yeah. One of my favorite lines from him is he had a contest for, like, a greatest trick done on, like, what, like, whether you had, like, a dirt bike, you had a motorbike, whatever it was, yeah. and you land on this big crash pad. High, like the person that goes the highest, like got like a, a prize or something, and he just literally just goes up there on a mountain bike. He's like, and literally just does like a triple backflip, and then rides off the fucking crash pad, and literally just looks at the camera and he goes, "That looked like fun." No offense, but that doesn't look like fun to me. Like that looks. See, like- that's uh, oh, that's uh, that's like the type of mentality I have. Whenever I'm in the ring getting ready to do something and I can probably guarantee he thinks the same way. It's like whenever you're getting ready to do something big and wild, something that your body might not make it back from something you're putting your body on the line to do. You can't think about it. You can't hesitate. You can't second guess yourself. You literally just have to go. And one of my taglines is uh, just send it. And that I really do believe that like you can't stop to think about anything as soon as you start to think about what you're doing and as soon as you start to think about the consequences that's when you're going to get screwed up i tell this to everybody that ever asked me like about flips and about uh high risk stuff like all that stuff is like it's three-fourths mental one-fourth skill i promise you i can teach anybody how to do a flip but it's up to them to be able to do it 
because they're going to be in their own head. And I, I see it all the time. Is it just me? Or did you have like a little Giants moment where you thought he was going to say it's 80% mental and 40% physical? I, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's like 80% mental and 40% physical. It's like, wait, what? It's yeah, or uh, Ty Caw or Ted Williams. Uh, ninety baseball is ninety percent mental; the other half's physical. <laughs> or uh, what was it? Oh, I believe that. Yeah. Or Phil Dunphy from uh, Modern Family, which you don't watch. Success is one percent inspiration, ninety-eight percent perspiration, and two percent attention to detail. We probably just sound like like bumbling assholes, like. Oh, little giants! It's like, what the no, fuck? Yeah, movie bumbling is assholes and Johnny Patch. Yeah, well, they heard us crack over <laughs> a beer, so like nothing's well, no, worse. I than... didn't want to lump him in as a bumbling asshole. No, 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 and Johnny Patch. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, you guys are so sweet. Oh, thanks so okay. much. Thank you. So, uh, Nitro Circus. What other shows do you find yourself uh, gravitating towards? What are your go-to's? Uh, okay. Right now, Rick and Morty. I have never watched an episode of Rick and Morty. All right. uh, Sorry. Okay. uh, Our demographic. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I really don't find myself watching TV shows or like movies as of late. Like when I tell people, like I usually don't have time for this and that. I really don't. I'm either uh, working, sleeping, training. I'm, studying like uh like 99% of my like stuff i watch on tv is wrestling it's old wrestling matches it's old promos it's old like everything it's stuff that's going on now i'm i'm watching i'm watching everywhere around me just to see what's out there who's doing what uh growing up i watched rocket power now was it was it woogity or wiggity like woogity or was it woogity woogity woogity? No, I think it was woogity woogity woogity. Yeah, maybe. I have a night party that I have to go to next week. Oh, no. it's, oh it's, dude. It's a Twister, bro. No, 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 no. We're actually going a, a different direction. So they have uh, – it's a, it's the year-end party for my DJ company. Oh, nice. And it's a 90s theme party. Now, mind you, this party last year was epic. So Wait, do you have to dress up for it? Yes. Please tell me you're going Legends of the Hidden Temple. No. Damn you! No. <laughs> so you'll like it. Don't worry. So um, last year, this party was at, and you would know what this is. It's at Forward downtown. Now, this bar is outside. It is made up of old school shipping containers from like old... Uh, like, Dude, that's like 21 year olds, man. Oh, no, no, they closed the club for us. Oh, no, shit. yeah, they we, we take over the entire club. Oh, okay, Good open thing. bar. Can I invite? Oh, you could you could probably take a look okay. if you'd like, but um, do the, the menu for the event open bar, yeah, lobster tails, like fish fry, oh, steak. Oh, my god, oh, my god, like it just. I'm breaking into scallops, oh, like I'm, all kinds of stuff, dude. I, I don't care. Oh, oh I have God. another fun fact for you guys. I uh, this is a is going to be a huge heel turn. Uh, I don't like steak. What? Yes, what? but I have I have a reasonable explanation as to why I do not like steak. I can't stand it. I don't like the taste. I don't like the texture. I just don't like anything about it. But when I was growing up, my uh, 
my mom loves steak all the time, slamming that thing on the grill, making it awesome. Every time she would give me a bite, I hated it. Like it was just, ugh. But here I come to find out she only made it well done. Oh, yeah. like, oh dude, she used to, she still, she still eats them like that. And, uh, I remember just growing up every time I was like, Oh man, let me try that. It looks so good. And I'm just like chewing on, I'm like, why? And, uh, that's in the, like up until this day, like, I just can't, I, I don't like steak. I, I love ribs. Just can't eat steak. Well, funny story. So until I met my wife, like my family, like growing up, they were all like medium. Well, well done everything. Well, the first time my wife made me a steak, I was like, well, baby, it's not done. It's, it, it's still bleeding. She goes, yeah, it's, it's rare. I'm like, no, like I, I like it like, like medium, medium well. She's <laughs> like, look, if you're going to, like if this relationship is going to continue, like you are <laughs> not going to eat your steak well done. Like look at me like dead serious like in the face. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, okay. <laughs> now, nowadays, like, scare it with the fire like tempt it with the fire don't put it on the fire just like like wave it over like i want it like still like technically mooing yeah dude like oh warm yeah. it up dude depending on warm it up yeah. oh my god dude, like so much flavor dude depending on the place i'll go like medium but dude this one our our work christmas party every year is at uh lock keepers in value oh Dude, ah, I forget. I forget. Ah. <laughs> I forget. I forget the cut of steak, but dude, medium rare melts in your mouth. Oh yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I have no clue what you're talking about. Yeah, well, you we're gonna have to take you out for dinner one night. And unfortunately, Ooh, getting, oh yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, we're probably just gonna get you the correct way to get steak. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you guys can teach me. You guys can learn me how to properly eat a steak. My my wife will, because I literally. I am, like, all about, like, whenever we have a cookout, whenever we have family dinners or anything like that, I am the chicken king. I, I cook all the chicken no matter what. I season it nonstop. It's fantastic. My wife, if we're making steaks, my wife is the steak king. Well, or queen. No, she's the king. <laughs> she, 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 is the she is the master of She's the yeah. man. She, she is the man when it comes to steak. Um, Becky Lynch could probably kick her ass, but, um, yeah, she is the man when it comes to cooking steak in our household and also fixing anything. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I, I do not wear the pants in our relationship (laughs) at all. I I was making sure that we got that on on audio. uh, No, no, no. It is on audio because I I will even tell Johnny uh, as well. Uh, there was one time where a text message, we have like a group chat among oh, like yeah. our, all of our friends and someone asked <laughs> if someone has a particular type of tool. It was like a 16, it was a 1637 drill bit. And I replied back. Of numbers I am now. Cause I don't know that this point, <laughs> this point is going to make more sense when I finish it. And I literally replied back with this one person like, one of our friends replies back with, let me check my toolbox. Like, Dave replies back with, maybe. And I reply back with, let me ask my wife. Because my wife has a toolbox. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. And, then we pro- oh, and then, we pro- yeah, then we proceeded to make fun of him for about 20 minutes. Oh, no. Yeah, that, that, I, it's fine. Uh, I'm going to make fun of myself right now. Mother's Day. That's brutal. Mother's Day. 
my wife asked for a compound miter saw with a laser focus. Fantastic. Fantastic piece of machinery. What did you ask for Father's Day? I asked for an ironing board and an iron. And I wear a lot Hey man, you, you, you ain't nothing wrong with that. I wear suits to work. I suit up. I you suit do. up. You do. You mostly are in a suit when we record. Yes. Uh, but now I'm like all comfy. I like this. I like this new setup. Yeah. I, I like our new studio. We're we're looking at my my yeah, nice desk. Our studio on the go. Our studio on the go. It's in my basement. We we have a TV that is currently not running right now. But I look at my desk, and one thing that it is lacking is a Johnny Patch autograph. So, oh, little uh, little tidbit of information there. Wink, have, nudge, wink, nudge, wink, nudge, <laughs> wink, nudge. So for this party, before we talked about our steak obsessions and. All these other oh, wow. things that we, yeah. we we jumped into, um, we are. It's a '90s theme party. Yes. Um, we. I tried to convince Shannon to do Legends of the Hidden Temple. Uh, we were going to do Rocket Power, but like we can't really dress up as Rocket Power. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah. So we are going. I'm going as TJ, and she is going as Spinelli from Recess. Oh yeah, from the show Recess. Oh, I love I that love show. Recess. Are you kidding me? Love that show. That's a good idea. Thank you. Thank you, Johnny. <laughs> Other than Dave, who is currently like staring off into the distance. There are so many better things you probably could have done. She you- turned down Good Burger. What? <laughs> yes. She turned it down. Have her talk with my wife. I will whenever she gets home. I mean, she turned on Aria Monsters. Well, I can see that. Well, I, I was told I wasn't allowed to show up and to depend as Tommy Pickles. Dude, how are you? Oh, wow. Dude, how, how are you just not doing the classic Doug and Patty? I, I wasn't a big Doug fan. Oh, fuck you. I know. <laughs> see? Yeah. I see, did. Johnny gets it. Johnny does get it. What about uh, Ed and Nettie? Oh, my God. <laughs> but... That was my show. That was my show too. Uh, what like some of the other ideas that I threw out? Uh, cat dog was another <laughs> one I threw out. Uh, oh yeah, I I threw out Ren and Stimpy. Um, That's something I haven't seen. Uh, uh, Mar- uh, Rocco's Modern Life. No. Yes. Oh, and I think that movie's coming out on Netflix in the next like week. No, it's already on. Oh, it? Yeah, it's already on Netflix. Oh, fantastic! I know what I'm watching tomorrow. Um, what was the other idea that I threw out? Um, I was going to have her dress up like a uh, clueless. Could have done Hey Arnold. Hey Arnold was another one, but I didn't want to give her a unibrow. Like it would have given hey, uh, <laughs> a good nineties party, uh, is, uh, Sandlot, the kid with, uh, Squints. I threw it out. She turned yes. it down. Squints. Wendy Peppercorn? Yeah. I was like, you can go as Wendy Peppercorn. <sighs> she turned it down. She fucking turned it down. I was like, wow. one other idea I had to, which you will love, you will love, because I have a bubblegum shrimp hat. I was like, you can. No! I was like, you can go as he Lieutenant Dan. I was like, you can go as Lieutenant Dan, and I'll be Forrest, or I will be Lieutenant Dan, and I'll sit on my leg. I can't bend my legs; like my knees are messed up from my accident, so I can't be Lieutenant Dan. I can't be. Oh. I can't be Lieutenant Dan with legs. Just like you got no legs, Lieutenant Dan. One magic <laughs> legs. Two, how are you not having her just be Jenny? Because Jenny was a drug addict. Yeah, she died of AIDS, dude. Yeah. I think they said I think 
I think they said if you read into it, I think it's actually hepatitis. But uh, uh, it was AIDS. No, I pretty no no. I think in the actual book, I think they said hepatitis. Either way, either way. But that's still, a horrible. That's the worst love story of our time. Fantastic movie, horrible love she, story. Dude, all she had to do was dress up as hippie Jenny. Mm, yeah, she could have been hippie Jenny, and then she could have been, and then she could have been Lieutenant Dan, because that would have been funny. It would have been kind of funny. Yes. You, no, you dude, draw a goatee on my wife. That's hilarious. No, but dude, you just put on a nice suit. You just put on like, just find a way to like brace your legs. And then you just walk around really weird. And you got magic legs. Luke did it. Hey, magic legs. <laughs> what? <laughs> Anyone listening to this, if you've actually gotten to this point, send us your 90s costume ideas. Send us the best ones you got. A couple more questions for you. Because Johnny's already like Shit. sworn off our show. He's already unsubscribed. He's already canceled what? his Spotify premium subscription. No. I'm just kidding. So a couple more questions for you. So now with this newfound notoriety that you found, and you haven't let us in on those conversations that you had, which we, we respect. We, we are not ones to twist anyone's arm. Obviously, when we had Jack Pollock on, we did want to dabble into, hey, what's that big announcement that you were going to make this weekend? He would not budge. So we respect the fact that we're not going to switch your arm. But I do have to ask, what is next for Johnny Patch? What is next? I what, Actually, when I started wrestling, I would tell people I wanted to be the first person to ever do two things. I wanted to be the first person to do a coast-to-coast shooting star. And I want to be the first person to do something else. But I'm not going to spoil it. It's it's a lot better to see it live. It's a lot better to be there in person and watch it happen. Do you, do you but, have uh, All right, sorry, continue. It, ha- it has never been done in professional wrestling history what I have planned for the future. It might not be next show. It might not be the show after, but when it happens, you have to be there to watch it. Are you going to get, are you going to give the people like an idea of when, like when, when you no. know, no, when you know, it's, this may be the time that you're like, you may want to be here, but in no disrespect, you, you have to look at the individual that tried to do a shooting star press and yelled out, fuck it, which, mind <laughs> you, he is making a ton of money selling the fuck it shirts now, Yeah, which I personally have, by the way, because it, it's fantastic. Way to capitalize on a horrible, horrible botch, which he has done that move a million times. Unfortunately, he had a bad experience with it. Yeah, And yeah, but why announce it like something fantastic is going to happen tonight that you've never seen? He's not going to say, hey, that wonderful thing I talked about on Dark Match Podcast, I'm going to try it. Okay, look, I'll, I'll give you guys a little... No, 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 no. Do it. No, 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 I promise, I promise. Okay, so when I was driving to Cage Fury, I tweeted out, I am going to steal this show tonight. Well, you stole the And I did. I mean, granted, there was match of the year with Josh Alexander and Wardlow. Match of the decade... In IWC, I will put that match up against almost anything IWC has ever had. That match, oh my 
God. That match was Those... fantastic, but I, like, and no disrespect, but I like, it, and it is a match of the year contender. But personally, I still think match of the year was Palace and Alexander. So Alexander is on a hell of a streak, yeah, to say the least. Because he that dude's on another level. Bro. Oh my God, yes, Josh Alexander, please. Reply back. That's all I'm going to say. You know what I'm talking about. But Wardlow is up there too. I love Wardlow. Wardlow's been putting on match of the night, match of the night. Well, yes. Yes. You can't even argue that. Nope, not at all. Fantastic. Fantastic human too. If it's not said enough. Fantastic human being too. Absolutely. Love Wardlow. So, but I, I still have to say it, it was up there. I think it's personally tied between Alexander and Palace. A fantastic match, but at the same point, I, I don't think that – I think it's tied. I think it's tied Palace and Alexander. No disrespect. That's why I, lo- that's, that's why I like uh, talking wrestling with everybody because everybody sees everything differently. And they have different opinions on matches. Like you can go on hours and hours and just debate and argue and compare. It's awesome. I, I love everything about it. Well, I Sorry, don't think it, was a little... no, no, no. I, I don't think like, and that's the biggest. In the, there was a comment that we made last week where with one social media platform that uh, we are literally going back and forth with every single day. Unfortunately, whether or not we're just gonna, I, I wouldn't say call it quits. Just stop doing so much on this platform because it really is a cesspool of negativity and it's Twitter. If you post something on Instagram or you post something on Facebook, yes, every now and then, like you're going to have that one person that's like, Oh, well this, like, I don't agree with this. Okay, cool. Whatever. But like Twitter is just a cesspool of negativity. You got to look past that. Yeah. Like you can look past it and like, it's great. But like the one thing with wrestling is, and asking someone like yourself, is there one way to apply a wrist lock? No, there's, Oh no. There's hundreds, thousands. There's 101. There's a thousand and one ways to apply a move. I bet you Zach Nystrom knows about 995 of them. Yes, probably. But he, he he doesn't have one thousand and one because that's uh, that's one Chris Jericho. Hey, I think that was Dean Malenko. No, no, no that's Dean a thousand. He, it was a man of one thousand, one thousand holds, and Chris Jericho was the man of one thousand and one holds. And what was that True. other hold? An armbar arm twice. <laughs> Coming back from a commercial break, number thirty-six. Arm bar, so, <laughs> so, but you can have these conversations. But like, I, I, I do have to call you on one of your words that I do unfortunately have to agree with is argument. Like, w- let me ask you a question, Johnny. What's your favorite wrestling match of all time? If anyone asks you what is the best wrestling match you have ever seen, what are what what's your go to? It, it, oh, that's easy. That's that's a no brainer. DIY take a DIY versus the revival take over Toronto two two out of threes falls matches. 
What? Uh, I I agree with you, but I'm just I'm playing <laughs> devil's advocate because there's other people that will say Savage and and Steamboat. There's other people that will even argue that it was the six way ladder match for to crown the first ever North American champion in NXT. There's other people. Some people Kata Omega. That was literally the next match I was going to bring up. That there's there's multiple different matches. There's no there's no opinion is right. A hundred percent right. It's your opinion. That's yep. why it's your opinion. And, I love it. And what's the greatest baseball team of all time? David would say the Indians. There's others that would pay, say it was the Yankees. There's other people that would say it's the Pittsburgh Pirates, and they're and those people are wrong. Those people are absolutely wrong, by the way, because the Cleveland Indians. <laughs> <laughs> What's the greatest football team this year? Who's going to win the Super Bowl? And that's the Cleveland Browns. And you can at me. Wow. Yes. Yeah, dude. Well, well, for the first time in like what, like a couple dozen decades, it's uh, it's actually a reality now. Well, yeah. Or we could just talk about previous championships that we've won, like other teams, but. I mean, I digress. <laughs> hey, we st- hey, we do have like six uh, but, world titles. Hey, but do we talk about them constantly? Otto Graham ruled the world there for, what, 10 years, 12 years? Yeah. Yes. And he's fi- we're finally giving him a statue, thank God. Yeah, finally. But yeah. About time. Yeah, but, dude, between him and Jim Brown? Yes. 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 So... <laughs> but your match of of all time was DIY the revival, which was a fantastic match, two out of three falls match at Takeover Toronto, which two. Takeover Two, yes. Fantastic match. Dave, best match all time. Don't put me on the spot. Okay. Well then <laughs> I, I maybe, he, maybe he hasn't seen it yet. Maybe he hasn't seen his best match of all time yet. Very true. It, that well, it can change at any point. Yeah. My favorite match just recently. I still have not seen one that has really surpassed it just yet, but it involves one individual that he's already mentioned. I personally love the match between Andrade Cien Almas and Johnny Gargano. Oh, man. That match, utterly stellar. What pisses me off more than anything, and no disrespect to our Cleveland boy, Johnny Gargano, he was the only person that anyone wanted to talk about during that match, and no one wanted to give credit to Andrade. Andrade put on a fucking show, too, only people could talk about Johnny, which he's Johnny freaking wrestling, but so. <laughs> yeah, but Andrade got no love from that match. I, I love that match. That That's one of my one of my top. I have multiple favorites, but that, that's one that I'll reference right now. Dave. Oh, yeah. Dave just said Rock Austin WrestleMania 17. Dude, pretty much their whole rivalry in general. Dude, that promo leading into WrestleMania 17. Dude, well, dude, was so Lance, fantastic. Dude, with Limp Biscuit. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wrestling My was never, Oh, yeah. Wrestling was never better than when Limp Biscuit was in wrestling, making uh, like the covers for the promo packages, performing live. So I'm thinking if we need a resurgence in wrestling to become like really mainstream again, I think Limp Bizkit has to come back. Oh God, we got. We um, need Fred Durst. Oh my God, we gotta find Fred Durst. We gotta find uh, West Borland. Oh, yeah, we need Limp Bizkit. Like it's not save us Y two J. It's save, save us, us FLB. Save us Limp Bizkit. Save us Limp Bizkit. Uh, little fun fact: first WrestleMania was the end of the trilogy Rock Austin at WrestleMania 19. 
That was the first one I remember watching. Was nineteen uh, was nineteen Safeco Field? Safeco Field. It had uh, Mysterio, Hardy. It had uh, Undertaker in a handicap match against A Train and Big Show. Wasn't that uh, Angle Lesnar? No, 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 no. That was uh, Nathan Jones. Oh yeah, that was. Yeah. Oh man, Nathan Jones Nathan was Jones. supposed to be his tag team partner. They jumped yeah, Nathan Jones, uh, but they they made that the angle. But they pulled him from the match because they were like, "Yeah, we've been pushing this guy like so hard, and he's not ready." <laughs> like, oh, wow. they're like, "This guy is freaking—he only wrestled like four or five matches, like total." Yeah, and like he went on to be an actor, so it, his career didn't turn out too bad. But yeah, it was supposed to be Nathan Jones, but they like jumped him, and he came out, did like the worst, like, like running, like, uh, like drop kick yeah. ever, and. Yeah, and then Undertaker won the match, obviously. My first uh, WrestleMania I ever watched was WrestleMania 14. Uh, the, where I watched it, like, start to finish. Like, I watched, like, glimpses, like, at friends' houses, like, every now and then. But the one that I actually sat down and watched from start to finish was WrestleMania 14. Uh, with the wonderful match between Shawn Michaels and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. And a fantastic match, by the way, which was very undervalued, between Ken Shamrock and The Rock, where Ken Shamrock won the match by submission, but did not remove the hold, and then got disqualified. And it was the first time that's ever happened in a wrestling match where the referee wow. reversed his decision due to disqualification after decision. And that was a huge controversy at that time. Ken Shamrock I did not know yeah, if you actually watch the uh, uh, the Rock passes out from being in the ankle lock, and he calls the match. Well, Ken Shamrock doesn't release the hold after the match is over, and the referee reverses his decision and grants the winner of the match the Rock. Wow! Yeah, fun little fact there. Yeah, just like no one has completed a shooting star coast to coast. Until, Until now. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's that's like a good trivia question. Who is the only professional wrestler to complete a coast-to-coast shooting star? The answer now it is Johnny Patch. Yeah. But who is the first <laughs> superstar in history to ever complete a shooting star coast-to-coast? If someone else does. It, it's kind of the Travis Pastrana effect, I guess you could say. Travis Pastrana was the first person to complete a single backflip on a motorbike. No, Kerry Hart was the first person to do a backflip on a dirt bike. Pastrana was the first to do a double backflip. X Games, best trick, 2006. And I stand corrected by the Nitro Circus uh, uh, connoisseur here. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Wow. Okay. I did not know that. But now people will know that Johnny Pass was the first person to complete that. I, or they'll be corrected <laughs> by someone if they say, oh, it's Will Ospreay. It's like, no, it's Johnny Patch. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, wrestling's been around f- forever in my, like, well, not forever, but it's been around so long. And uh, to be able to do something, like, first is, like, it just blows my mind. It's, I don't even know. I don't have the words to describe it. And uh, 
I really don't, I can't really grasp it right now, honestly, but it's just, it's just mind boggling. I, I imagine somebody somewhere out there has already done it, but there isn't like footage of it and wrestling probably wasn't at like where it's at now, especially with social media, especially with the internet being so like accessible and everybody being so intertwined with uh, uh, like all these social media, Twitter, Twitter, Reddit, uh, Instagram. It's, uh, it's like, I'm getting, uh, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. It's uh, just, wow. Yeah. It's, it's mind boggling to think like that you're, and just kind of rehashing everything we talked about, like that 14 year old kid that talked about that he was going to do big things. And here you are the first person in the notoriety that you've gotten from some of your Mount Rushmore individuals uh, calling you out and saying how awesome that is. I mean, it just kind of brings everything full circle. So we don't want to take too much more of your time. We've already taken almost two (laughs) hours of your time right now. So we definitely appreciate you. I do want to add one thing. What's that? Uh, it's going to take a lot more than just one move for me to get anywhere with wrestling in my career. This one move did get me noticed, but wrestling is, it's really not about the moves. It's not about how many flips you can get. I mean, it's jaw dropping when it happens, it blows up, it gets people's attention, but Like it's up to the individual to make sure like it's, it stays on them. Like I have like my 15 minutes of fame's done. The weekend's over. Everyone's looking up to what's, what's going on this weekend. What's happening. Like I'm old news already. I'm forgotten. Yeah, I'll probably get like a couple mentions, a couple retweets here and there, but now I just have to keep thinking about next going forward. Keep uh, pushing myself, pushing other people. Now, like, I'm, I haven't said this. Uh, people have told me it's like, uh, I've raised the bar for what a high flyer is. And I'm like, you have incredible athletes right now with like Alex Zane doing just absolutely insane stuff. Like, I can't, I, I probably can't even lace up that dude's boots, the amount of like precision that he has. But like, I'm pushing myself to be on his level. And I imagine there's other people that are going to be pushing themselves to be like the next first, the next big thing, the next uh, social media thing. The, the, I don't know. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. No. <laughs> Sorry. Like, no, like it, it, it's some moves are always going to be duplicated. They're going to be perfected. And you can't live off of that notoriety that you have forever. In the age of social media today, you can't be a star forever off of that. Like, just look at any reality star in the world right now. Yep. Like, it, there, there's always something bigger. There's always something better. So, but yet you you you've created that blueprint to know, like, hey, like I'm not gonna live off of this. Like, I have something bigger and better coming. And you're getting those people in the seats. Like, are we gonna see it tonight? Who cares? They're still getting their asses in the seats because of it. But well, we do have one final question for you. If you want to follow along and you want to see him complete that big move, you can follow IWC. 
You can follow any other promotion where you find Johnny Patch at. But we do have one final question for you. Yep. It is a staple of our show. Now, not going to lie, you kind of let us down with the uh, with the road story. But let's see if we have a better answer right here. So we are big practical jokers, as you know. Our, our last question for you is, is, what is the best rib story you have? Whether it's happened to you, you've experienced it firsthand, or you heard about it in passing. Hit us with it right now. If you need a little bit of time to think about it, Take as much time as you need. We want the best rib story that you have. <laughs> uh, let's see. I've never really been a part of one. Uh, Elijah Dean has done a couple to me. Uh, he's already talked to you guys about it. Uh, th- those were fun to deal with. Uh, can you guys hear me still? Yeah, you're good. Okay. Uh, I don't know if it's the best one. But uh, it's like the one that's on my mind right now. We had uh, the class after us, after like me, Elijah Dean, Survivor, Philip Archer, uh, Ryan Dye, Silver Fox, uh, Stevie LaBelle. After we all graduated, the next class came up. And uh, with Iron City Wrestling Academy, you have to train one full year before you're allowed to have a match. And, oh my God! Time out. Are we hearing the backstory of our KDR cat story? I'm not going to say who it is, but we said that he. We joked around that he was at a different show or he was booked. Are we coming full circle right now? Uh, maybe. Oh my God! Continue. Continue. <laughs> All right, so uh, class after mine graduated, and uh, it's always uh, our trainers always told us like hop in cars, go to shows, shake hands, uh, set up rings for uh, yeah, set up rings for everybody. Uh, just put in that work, get connections. Well, this kid was like eight months in, and he he's hopping in cars, he's doing good, and uh, they were like, okay. We're gonna we're gonna get our trainer. I was I wasn't a part of this. I wasn't involved in any way, shape, or form. I heard it through the grapevine and laughed. So they uh, they ended up saying he debuted early, like four months early. Like that's taboo. You don't like that's something you don't do. And when the head trainer found out the next day at class he put like he got everybody out of the training facility and just talked to that individual by himself along with the other head with the other trainer and ended up he i don't know how it happened he had a kendo stick in his hand he what oh we did not do this we didn't hear this part. So he takes the kendo stick, turns around, bam, slams against the wall, not against the person. He wasn't violent and just proceeds to rip him like no other. Just goes off. And uh, about after five minutes of this, they kind of let it out like, no, it didn't happen. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It, 
he found he found out it was just a rib, but uh, there there was a lot more involved that I can't really talk about. But it was uh, it was pretty funny to hear about and hear uh, how heated he got over it. Uh, we've heard the backstory to it, but we didn't hear about said kindo stick or what it transpired. It was it was something it was something in his hand, but I would like to envision him holding a kendo stick. Just like, <laughs> is there anything you would like to tell me? <laughs> like, is, is there anything you want to uh, you want to confess right now? <laughs> like, yeah. it's it's like not right now. Like, maybe if you put down the kendo stick and maybe like throw it in the next room. Like, yeah, like I'd be more than happy to tell you anything you want. But weapons involved, <laughs> no, that that's not going to happen. But. So we have heard the story, but you definitely should. Maybe if we have like another individual on from their graduating class, we can get the full story. Or if we get that individual on, that uh, whoever if we that can, if may we can be, find out who that was. Yes, yeah. so maybe we'll we'll have to pay someone off. But uh, Johnny, we we definitely appreciate you coming on. We we definitely appreciate all the time that you spent and oh, continuously just. Well, we, we definitely have, have used your name enough in our episodes that it only made sense to finally just have you on and say, you know what? Uh, it, it's perfect, time time, make, perfect timing. Perfect timing. So you definitely don't want to be the one that says that you weren't there or you even thought about going but decided against it or you had to work. So you could plan your schedule accordingly to get that taken care of. But, Johnny, we definitely appreciate you coming on. And, and best of luck with anything we – we definitely don't think that your your 15 minutes of fame is over. We literally <laughs> it's just getting started. By absolutely. Oh, so hell, that was actually going to be my closing statement and there's one thing you got to remember, I'm just getting started. Thank you guys. I almost feel like we cannot miss an IWC show now. If that doesn't pump you up to like want to go to every single IWC show going forward, I don't know what will. No, I don't know what he has planned, but man, am I looking forward to it. Yeah, and it's just going to go. Like he was saying, like that's the one thing I want to complete, and then there's something completely different that I want to do. What could be like crazier than a like shooting star coast to coast? I can't even think of anything. I can't even fathom anything. Shooting star coast to coast across two rings? Ooh. Hmm. It would still be coast to coast, but it'd be farther. What if he goes like full blown Pastrana, and he does a double shooting star press? Hmm. That would be insane. Dear Lord. Oh my God, the list goes on and on. Like my mind is just ablaze right now of all the different things that he could potentially do, but. Yeah. The, the American Daredevil himself, we, we appreciate the hell out of him coming on, but there was tons, tons of wrestling this weekend. Now, obviously, there was Ring of Honor, Summer Supercard. Huge congratulations going out to our previous guest, Kelly Klein, and also Shane Taylor. Fantastic ladder match between the Briscoes and also the Gorillas of Destiny. Match of the night, in my opinion. What a hell, hell hell of an uh, uh, I can't even call it a match a battle a, a war Jesus that yeah. was fantastic if you haven't checked out Summer Supercard do it 
right now. Do it. Roosh coming out there, claiming his spot as the next contender for the Ring of Honor Championship against Matt Taven. Matt Taven, obviously, earlier in the evening, successfully defended his title as well. And tons of other matches. If you haven't catched the stream, do it now. If you haven't found it on pay-per-view, you haven't found it all across their social media platforms, do it now. Follow along. Fantastic event. But one thing, we're not going to touch on the entire event, obviously, but SummerSlam. There is one key component that I want to touch on. Touch it. I'm going to touch it. I'm going to touch it. 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 Okay. So... Anyone that shat on the Bray Wyatt angle of the Firefly Funhouse. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, fuck Dude, you. Dude, we've been on this thing from the beginning. We have. We've been all about it. I, I know at the beginning we've... I remember like one of the first texts. I'm like, what the fuck did I just watch? But it was like, I'm curious where this goes. Exactly. And so many people are like, this is the stupidest thing. And you're probably the... Like, the same person that tweeted out, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like, yeah, that's what happens when you let a character develop. That was character development at its finest. And they just they didn't give in to the internet backlash. People saying how stupid it was. Or, oh, my God, like, like why don't they just bring him out already? Like, there's Mr. Rogers. No, because they were building to something. Can and we also please talk about the lantern? We will. Because we're going to transition to that right now. Holy shit. Like, someone made a comment. I, I forget exactly who it was, but they made a comment. Why doesn't he make lanterns of every single person that he meets? That would be, like, like if he comes out with, like, the opponent that he's facing and their face is the lantern, I can get behind that. No, what, no, what he needs to do is, like, let's say he beat, let's say he beats someone. And essentially, like, takes them away, almost like takes their soul. The next time out, then it's their head. I agree with that. Like, if he's going to, like, essentially, like, yeah, he's gonna like he's gonna beat all these people. He's gonna take their soul because you know he's this fiend or, yes. or whatever. Yeah. Then you come out the next time with that person's head as the lantern. I'd like just, that idea. And just yeah. that that would be fantastic, but. There, there's so many people that shat on this from the beginning, and they're the first persons to tweet how awesome it was. Yeah, because they those, just didn't. Those people suck. Those people don't. Guys, guess what? Wrestling is a story. Yes, you have to let it develop. You can't just. It's it's like okay, I'm gonna go into a whole different thing. It's like the it's kind of like the current generation that a lot of people bitch and moan about that people want instant gratification. Yes. They want it now. They want to know what it is now. No, fucking let it build. Yes. And this is what you get. Yes. And you got one of the coolest entrances we've seen in the longest time. One of the coolest matches we've seen in a long time. And even the coolest exit after the match. Like he's standing on the aisleway and then the lights and the music. And he's just staring back and then disappears. The crowd is chanting afterwards. You know you got a winner when the crowd afterwards is chanting that was awesome. And there's so many people that just like just kicked it to the curb from the beginning. I feel like there's still a couple other like little nuances that you could uh that you could do to make it even more nuts, especially if he does let's say 
yeah, especially if you were to just, like I was mentioning before, you were to start fighting these people and essentially take their souls where it's like all of a sudden the, it's like you beat them. The lights go out. When all of a sudden it starts flashing back on you, you're holding the your opponent. Like you're already up on the ramp, but you're hold like you're carrying them away. And then all of a sudden you disappear and everybody's gone. Like, oh my god, where did he just take them? Oh yeah, there's so much that they there's can do with so, this. And you know what? Maybe that's something that they're eventually building towards and we just don't know yet. Yeah. But we're gonna sit back and wait for it to happen. Because unlike you and I, we don't need instant gratification and we don't need instant results. We're waiting and willing to let it build to see what happens. And that's where I think a lot of people really missed out because, oh, man, that was awesome. Yeah, but you were the same person that said it was garbage from the start. Yeah. So I, I the um, the event, I, I have to give it to him. That was actually a really good event. Uh, I, I watched it surprisingly from start to finish and was expecting people to come over they didn't show up but sorry bro you told me you weren't so it's no big deal but other people like i i cleaned the entire i had like wings ready to go like all kinds of stuff and then they canceled last minute I, Uh, i i don't mind it because the wings were delicious but and i had them all to myself so i'm not complaining but there was a lot of things that happened in the event that I I just I didn't get at the same point. One in particular. Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens. Okay, Kevin Owens is fighting for his job. You knew he was gonna win. Like I'm sorry, this is a whole storyline. You especially when you build it as oh, if if Owens loses, he's leaving. You know he's not gonna fucking leave. Yeah. You, and then you did not even make me believe for a second he was actually gonna leave. But at the same point, what did he win? He didn't win anything. He won his job. Cool. Okay. But at the same point, like Shane McMahon came out with a tweet like, hey, maybe you can be like, go be elite with your buddies and immediately deleted the tweet afterwards. Like, yeah. What do you expect? Like, oh, I I digress from it because it's just not. Not enough to waste time on. No. And then you, you put the championship back on Rollins. Congrats on that. I love it. But there, I'll be honest, I actually kind of wasn't expecting that. I wasn't either. I they they built it up where it seemed like he was completely dead. No, and I guess if you really use common sense, you know, wrestling, it's you pretty much beat it. Yeah, you pretty much beat him to death. This was the time to have him win. But at the same time, the way you know, it's Lesnar. I honestly would not have been shocked if they would have had him hold it to like WrestleMania again. Yeah, you never know. Or or even uh had it until wow, that was really close. Uh sorry, we're still watching the Indians game right now, but I I I did see that happening. Carrying it to SummerSlam. I I'm sorry, until Survivor Series. At least Survivor Series. Royal Rumble. Not losing at the very next pay per view. That was surprising to me. That's true. So but and then there's that the Randy Orton, Kofi, there's with, that, one, that one bugged the hell out of me. That bugged the crowd because you don't have a championship. No, because it's like nobody even really – I don't – unless you were maybe there, I don't know if anyone really knew that the referee was counting them out. Same. I didn't know. Like I heard the bell. Like, I'm like, yeah, wait, what? The bell, yeah, all of a sudden the bell, it's like uh, – I thought there was going to be something where it's like they were going to maybe build more of like Randy kicking his Or show the ref like counting. Like, guys, you're going to get counted out. Yeah. Like, I was fully expecting Randy Orton to go like 
do more of like kick, you know, kicking Kofi's ass in front of his family, like doing that, embarrass him, you know, drag You're it out. You're just staring. Drag it. Yeah. All of a sudden, then all of a sudden you hear the bell and Kofi starts like kicking his ass. It's like, I don't know. Did they miss something? Did something get screwed up? Or was this really know. supposed to be it? I don't know. Because now you're going to, like, what are you going to do? Are you going to then fight at uh, Clash of Champions? And then what? Yeah. Is is Orton going to win? And then you're going to have a re, you know, his standard rematch, which you were supposed to get rid of all this shit, all of the, oh, you lose the title, you get your automatic rematch. They were supposed to have gotten rid of that when they brought all the McMahons back to be running all this shit. Yeah. Hey, that already fucking fell apart. Yeah. Now, like, I saw somebody tweet last night that, oh, they're going to hell in a cell. It's like, so that means you got to you gotta get through Clash of Champions to hell in a cell. Yeah. But what are you going to do? Are you going to take it off of Kofi to Randy Orton and then potentially go to hell in a cell and then maybe have him win it back? Or is he going to something or is this going to be another like count out disqualification at clash of champions just to go to hell in a cell and then you're going to put it back on orton who hasn't who actually hasn't had that title in a couple of years but even when he had it he's and i'm probably going to catch some heat for this he's not that good with the belt i think he i agree to di- agree to disagree i think at times he's been good with the belt but i think now He's getting up to the point of like John Cena. You're now up here, like you you are one of the old guys essentially in the company. You got a lot of guys below who probably could make a good title run. Honestly, even one of the guys up there do, that I think should be given a shot at the title again, the Miz. He has not had it in a very long time. Him, uh, Dolph Ziggler right now is being. I don't know what they're doing with him, but still. I think they're trying to push him. But I think he could, you know, he's a great heel too. At times, he is a great heel. He is good on the mic as well. Kind of going back to stuff we were talking about at the beginning of the show. I agree. He is good on the mic. He could carry that title pretty well. So there are other guys. Randy Orton, it's like, I think he's great. I think they're where you don't see him as much. Like, he comes back, he wrestles, and he looks like he's, like, thoroughly enjoying himself. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's great to watch. But I just I just don't think he should be the one to put the title back on. I have to agree with you in that regard. I just, with Randy Orton, with WrestleMania is what I look at. It, 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 it's what you expected. But his title run was mediocre at best. And that's no disrespect. He's a fantastic wrestler. Oh, yeah. But it's just... Hall it's, of, he's he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, he absolutely is. So uh, another uh, another rivalry that I'm looking forward to is whatever is going on with Sasha Banks right now. A hell of a return last night. Not going to get too much into it, but huge congratulations going out to Sasha Banks on her return. It didn't really seem a, a whole lot of, uh, hey, someone's home. But... Didn't really see a whole lot of uh, reply from it, but uh, we're going to let this one kind of simmer a little bit, but definitely follow along if you haven't followed us already all across social media. Please do so now. My wife is walking in the door right now just making a whole hell of a lot of noise, so be sure to subscribe to all of our videos if you haven't yet, but 
be sure to follow Dave's alternative podcast if you haven't already. Hit him with the Dave like last week and the week before and the week before that. At O-A-C-L-E-P-O-D. Please listen, guys. Come on. Yes. I mean, you got nothing better to do. You're already listening to us, so might as well just pop on over there and listen to them as well. Give them a follow. Give it a give it an episode. I mean, that that recap from the championship, still favorite episode I ever. Still, I still got an episode I got to edit and put out. It's like three weeks old now. But yeah, me too. Me too. This one. And there's a lot to edit. There's a lot of things that you didn't hear within this episode. And we're going to save that for ourselves because that's uh, fun little side bits for us. But... Thank you once again for tuning in. Check out next week. We've got a fantastic guest lined up as well. Can't wait to drop that as well. But have a great weekend, everybody. <laughs>